The Cellcast is recorded in front of a live streaming audience. episode of the Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who just feels like taking a trip into the unknown. Welcome, Jacob. Thanks, I guess. <laughs> Why, thank you. Let me introduce our host, a man who simply just got himself lost in the woods one day and just kind of went out of the picture. Welcome, Drew. I still don't know why they decided to have him disappear from the movie for half an hour. We'll get into that we'll a little bit later when, when we get there. <laughs> uh, while I'm waiting for the audio to finish playing, I've got another minute back. We are changing, now that we are fully into season four, we are, uh, brain farted. We are changing our format up slightly at the suggestion of a listener. Well, thank you, Roy. Yeah, those who know what that means, will know what that means. <laughs> um, and so for those so for, for those of you who would prefer us just to jump into the movie in case you don't really care about, you know, what we've been watching, uh-huh. the news, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, we're going to jump straight into the movie. Right. Review. So, uh, yeah. Spoiler-free thoughts. If this was the time. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I can play it now, and I think it'll stop it. Hang on. So this is my second time to watch this film. Really? Yes. And do you know when the first time was? In theaters? On our reaction. Yes. (laughs) Four years ago. Yes. (laughs) For those of you who are not aware, the Frozen franchise is not my favorite franchise that Disney's ever done. I mean, let's face it. The entire reason I agreed for Frozen to be our first episode (laughs) is you gave me the greatest pun that could be laid is like it's a great icebreaker yes and you told me that and i said i can't let that pass mm-hmm. i have to use that and that's only going to work on episode one it won't work on other episodes <laughs> darn i was gonna do another icebreaker but anyway anyway yeah uh i remember us having a good time watching it that night mm-hmm. uh watching it this time it's a lot shorter than i remembered uh-huh in my mind this was i know it's like an, what, an hour and a half yeah film in my mind, it was like a full-blown, you know, there was a, a lot of space in the story. Not not yeah. not dead space, but a lot of lot more um a lot more further spaced out. Like it, it took a while to get to different right. things. It took its it it's, it, it, it pays itself story-wise. Right. And I watch it this time and I go, wait, are we almost done with the film? <laughs> An hour into it? I thought yeah. there's a certain point in here. That I thought, well, wait a minute, we're we're getting to this scene entirely too early. And I'm not gonna say what that scene is, because right. we're in the spoiler-free section. Right. But I mean a certain snowman was in danger of melting, let's say. Uh that doesn't really spoil no, anything. No, it doesn't spoil anything. Wait, for... This is happening in the fall. Of course he was in danger of melting. He'd been in danger of melting this whole this whole time. Yeah, for a film that came out in 2019. Yeah, 2019. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, there was a part that point when that point came up in the uh, episode or in the movie. I'm like, 
hang on we just we just discovered where all this stuff was we're this this is like a we were just a, a third of the way through the movie why are we near the last quarter and it's like because there wasn't we weren't the last third you we were at two-thirds <laughs> <laughs> because you know memories and such and plus yes. at that time i think we even had the, the night we were watching this that mm -hmm. theater we had audio issues in that theater oh yes we did because, oh my gosh uh this is the same theater we would end up watching rise of skywalker in and had the same audio issues yeah it would just be like audio was that going was, everywhere it was the th theater is not like that now they have fixed whatever yeah, they caused have. that problem yes but at the time it was like I can barely hear what they're saying over the music. <laughs> but either way, um, it's it's a it's a, actually a lot faster than I was remembering it was. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not, and I'm not going to blame that on on that because I think I was more engaged. Well, at this point, I'm not sitting back going, "I wonder where they're going with this plot point." I wonder where they're going with this plot point because this time I watch and go, "Yeah, I know why you've got to go to the north." I know what's going to happen. And so I was watching for those little interconnections. Right. But uh, this time it just seemed to go a lot faster because it's mm -hmm. like, you know, I didn't, I wasn't guessing where they were going with this, trying to double guess. Yeah. Also, I was remembered of things I realized like when it happened when I first watched it. Yeah. Like, you know, the fact that the reaction episode is called the fifth element. Yes. <laughs> I remembered that. <laughs> And why I said that the minute it yes. shows up. Yes. So, yeah, I, I guess it's just since I wasn't trying to figure out what was going to happen. Right. It just went faster for me. But other than that, I think it's I, I think it is better than the first movie, hmm. which might be heresy for some people. Dun, dun, dun. Maybe. I don't know. I will still say that Tangled is still a better film than this. Amen to that, brother. Amen to that. But this is not. This is still a good, a, a good fun film. I, I guess my main issue with uh, the Frozen franchise in general is that the super fans won't let it go. Pun intended. <laughs> no, it's oh. just any amount of good the first movie has for me is drowned out by the hype noise yeah. and the fact that it's so overplayed. Mm -hmm. This is a little bit better. For one thing, it's not as overplayed. B, all the music in this is good. It's almost like a rock musical or rock opera. That's what they call it. Yeah, it's somewhat. The yeah. first one's more of a regular musical. Yeah. This is almost a rock opera. Yeah, agreed. So, and it's, and there is so fun. And I think a lot of the characters do have better characterization in this film than I think they did in the first. Right. But those are just my thoughts. If you're wondering to know if you wanted to, if you should go watch it, if you've watched the first movie, definitely. If you've not watched the first movie, Watch it first before you watch this one because exactly. there's too many elements of Frozen 1 you really need to know about before you watch this one. Plus, even though I still didn't do this, there's two shorts mm -hmm. that technically happen in between these. Yep. Frozen, uh, Frozen Fever. Frozen and Fever and the Olaf, one that showed in front of Coco. Olaf's uh, Amazing Adventure. Something it, like that. Something like that. It's not and a I short, had, it's a half short. It's, it's, a, it's half a half hour, and they played it before Coco, and that's the only reason I originally watched it was because I went to see Coco in a theater, mm. and I had to sit through half an hour of, I'm Olaf, I like warm hugs, and I need to figure out what on earth he was trying to figure out in that episode. In that yeah. thing. I don't even remember what he was trying to figure out. And now there's even another short that's out. Oh, and there's a whole series of him 
describing the the other uh, Disney all films. the other Disney films. It's like that is brilliant in and of itself. I agree. I agree. Uh, you, you can go watch that without watching Frozen, and it's if you've seen Thank this you, film where he gives um you know the the quick description of what happened in Frozen One, he does that with all the other Disney like not all of them, but like five or six of them, I think. Yeah, but yeah, I haven't seen him yet. You haven't. You need no. To. I haven't. And I also forgot to show you something last week, and I'll probably forget to do it this week. But besides the point, this will be a reminder for him to show me that. If I remember to, when we get done with the movie, the, the episode, our episode today. There we go. There we go. I didn't remember it last week. Why would <laughs> I remember it this week? Anyway, what are your thoughts on this? Okay. So Frozen 2, unlike the first one, I did not see this movie three times in theaters. <laughs> I, will, I will fully admit I saw Frozen one in theaters three times <laughs> three times that's the three um which me like i guess i was just more like i really enjoyed the film but there again tango's better tango's a far better movie than this oh, yes. than the first one uh the second one there again we did for the reaction mm -hmm. and i was going to watch it anyway so i enjoyed this movie i enjoyed it tremendously I think over time after it's marinated a little bit and like you've gotten to you've got to know it's uh it's foibles and it's you know the problems with the movie and after watching the documentary that uh, Disney put out for the making of Frozen 2 you understand more of what was going mm -hmm. on behind the scenes um I might have a little more negative things to say about the film be like it's a fun story uh it's a little little bit of a rush story I would say the music's yeah. great. Music is wonderful. It's, it's a lot more rush than I remembered. It. Yeah. It's a lot more of a rush story. Uh, and there's, there's things that be like, are not like not fully fleshed out. And uh, overall, I enjoyed the film. I don't be like from my first reaction, the reaction, my, my, my thoughts on the film has changed slightly. Uh, definitely over the past four years of being a, um, being a reviewer. Oh yeah. And so it, it's kind of, it's kind of tuned you into like picking up on everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I'll get into that when we get into the spoiler section of this film, but I enjoy the film for what it is. It's got great animation. It's got great, all this amazing stuff. It does have problems as a film, but we'll get there when we get there. I will say there's one little, this is not really a spoiler, mm -hmm. but there's one disappointing thing that happened that occurs in this film. That's more of a missed opportunity. Okay. There's a character in this film named Ryder, and he's not voiced by Zachary Levi. You're right. You're right. That's sad. <laughs> That's a missed opportunity. I know you had access to him. You are still making Tangled the series at this point. Yeah, she could have just had him say, hey, while we're in the middle of this, please just record these couple of lines so we'll, we, you can play Ryder in two different things. Yeah, just a different Ryder. Yes. Interesting. But anyway <laughs> you ready to jump into the full spoiler filled yeah let's here? do that all right let's do that <clears throat> the following is a spoiler filled review for the movie frozen 2 listener discretion is advised frozen 2 was written and directed by chris buck who also directed surfs up you know, where uh, Shia LaBeouf played a ping surfing penguin. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing little bits of that film. It's like, wasn't that good. I need to put that on the list. I think that would be fun. Yeah. And not during Bad Movie Month. It's not a 
great movie, but it's not bad movie month material. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, and also Jennifer Lee, who also mm-hmm. uh, direct, uh, she worked on Wreck-It Ralph. She did. I don't remember if she writ- just wrote it or if she also was in charge of directing it, but she did write at least on mm. Wreck-It Ralph. Right. Uh, it was also written by Mark Smith, Kristen Anderson Lopez, Robert Lopez, and Allison Schroeder. Though I believe both the Lopez's were primarily in the music department when yes, it comes to writing. They were. Well, I mean, no, I, I would I would take that back. They were credited for some of the writing. Right. Probably because how well the music mm-hmm. in this is integrated into the rest of it. Yes. So, I, yeah, I would definitely count that. Mm-hmm. Is of course, in, the story is inspired by The Snow Queen by Hans Christian Andersen. Mm-hmm. And you have to say inspired because while the first movie kind of was an adaptation, Loosely. this is definitely not. Yeah, definitely loose. <laughs> very, very loose. <laughs> Getting into the cast. We've got Kristen Bell playing Anna, who played Veronica Mars in Veronica Mars. You actually said it right. We'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> yes. Idina Menzel, who voiced Elsa, and she voiced Nancy Tremaine in Enchanted. Mm-hmm. And I know you're going to bring it up. She was Ethelba on the Broadway version of uh, Wicked. Movie? Wicked. I was like, it's I would... Elphaba. Whatever. In my mind, I, I nearly just said Spirited Away. So <laughs> I would have been completely wrong. Yeah, a little bit wrong. Just, speaking, just a little speaking, bit. Speaking of which, I don't know. If, uh, remind me that I've got something possibly in the news when we get there. Okay. Josh Gad voiced Olaf, mm-hmm. and he was Hector McQueen in Murder on the Orient Express. Mm. That was, uh, I think he worked for, uh, oh, he worked for one of the, of course he was one of, I'm not spoiling that movie, but he mm. worked for one of the people who was a suspect, and he himself was also a suspect for who for doing the murder on the Murder on the Orient Express. That's right. That was actually a really good movie. We, yes. did, we did a review on that years mm-hmm. ago. Jonathan Groff voiced Kristoff. Mm-hmm. And he played Smith in the Matrix Resurrections. That's the fourth one. Oh, I had okay. to double check. Wow, I didn't I think saw, about that. Because I was like, it's Smith. He's not. Uh, I can't think of his name. Oh, the oh the new one, the new one. Yeah, okay, the newest one, the newest four. one. Okay, the fourth one. Yeah, that he, apparently didn't do well. That's why it said Smith and not Agent Smith. Yeah, Mister Anderson. Mr. Anderson. You must take this ring to to, uh, to the. To De- I know I said Death Mountain. That's Zelda. Death. <laughs> Mount Doom. Take yes. the ring of power to Mount Doom. <laughs> Good night. And get me out of the Matrix. <laughs> Curling K Brown voiced Matthias, mm-hmm. and he played Injobu in Black Panther and Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. That's where I recognize him from. Evan Rachel Wood played Iduna, and she played Madonna in Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Oh, oh I okay. still need to see that. Uh, of course. <laughs> I, I, I mean, like, I'm not saying I'm shocked, but it's more like ever since you, how big of a fan you are of Weird Al. But the reason I've not watched it yet, yeah. I don't have the Roku channel. Uh, and uh, that's where it's oh, okay. exclusive at the moment still. I got you. Uh, Alfred Molina played Agnar, and he was Dr. Otto Octavius in two Spider-Man films. Uh-huh. And you know who's who he's married to? Uh, that would be Martha Plimpton, who was Yelena. She played Steph in The Goonies. 
This is the one who played Yelena is the wife. This is a queen, right? Yes, but who is Alfred Maria married to in real life? That's what I mean. I think. No, he's married to Jennifer Lee. That makes sense too. In my mind, I made a connection. Oh, he's married to the queen. That makes sense. I thought the actors were married. I thought this was a Mickey Minnie situation, okay? Oh my gosh, this this is so good. Anyway. Continue. Jason Ritter played writer oh and he is also the voice of dipper pines in gravity falls oh okay Ooh, interesting yeah. rachel matthews played honey Marin, and in the movie franchise of a uh, happy death day she plays the character of danielle boseman okay that's about the only thing i recognized that she was in besides no. her so sorry about that nah jeremy sisto played king runard and in Batman versus Robin, he played Talon. Oh, the animated one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Sierra Hines, who played Poppy, mm-hmm. also Poppy? Poppy, Poppy or Potty, Poppy, Poppy, A B B I. Oh, Potty. Okay, not Potty. Poppy, Poppy. Okay, the the leader of the trolls. Okay? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was Poppy. Nope, it's Poppy. Potty. Okay. Well, never mind. Moving on. He was Steppenwolf in both versions of Justice League. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> he played this. He did the same voice, even though I think the characters are designed entirely differently. Yeah. But he played the voice. Oh, okay. 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 I, I, I haven't seen the, the, haven't Snyder, Snyder, the, the Snyder cut I yet. I have not sat through the four hours of that either. No. Ooh. And Alan Tudyk was the voice of the guard, the yeah. North Soldier leader. The Arendellian soldier and the Duke of Weaselton. Weaselton. <laughs> I said it that way on purpose. Oh, I know. <laughs> and he plays a weasel. <laughs> yeah. In Zootopia. And uh, he was Wash in Firefly. Yes, he was. He's a very, very great actor. Now, I need you to make, I want you to make a guess. Okay. How many Kingdom Hearts connections do I actually? Oh my have? gosh! I don't just mean the obvious cameos. Of course, a, of course. Is there is a Frozen level in Kingdom Hearts three? I would probably give a very large guess, probably ten. Was I close? You are close. You're actually two off. Oh, it was twelve. Twelve. Okay. Of those twelve, four, only four are actual uh cameos being of course jonathan groff kristen bell idina menzel and josh gad reprising their roles from uh. the film also robert atkin downs who was additional voices here mm-hmm. played both davy jones and luxard in kingdom hearts huh jessica deceased to deciso i'm not sure how you say your name there jessica i apologize but she was additional voices here and she played the character of Olette in Kingdom Hearts. Mm. Matt Nolan was additional voices here, and he played Prince Charming in Kingdom Hearts. Really? David Boat was additional voices here, and he played Aleus and Lexius in Kingdom Hearts. Mm. Kari Walgreen, also additional voices here. Actually, I'm just going to say it from here. All, everyone I've got listed now in here, besides those first four, mm. they did additional voices. That's all they're listed as. Oh, okay. But, uh carrie walgreen is the voice of the grid from the uh tron legacy level in kingdom hearts 
two uh <laughs> dream drop distance okay that's dream drop distance uh phil lamar that's a name we've said a lot a couple times recently. uh-huh he was phoebus in kingdom hearts huh fred Tadasior. that name sounds familiar should because he's lieutenant shacks on star Trek. that's Dex, right that's right that's right among many other people yes he is both kevin flynn and clue in the uh Tron Legacy level in Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance. Oh, okay. The th- sad thing is, this means I'm not going to be bringing these names up next week. <laughs> okay. I actually don't know how many actual Kingdom Hearts connections I have. Wow. Uh, but Max Middleman also uh, was Lushu in Kingdom Hearts. Oh, okay. Which brings me to the end of my cast list. Okay, so I wanted to bring something up real fast. Okay. So I know a another a, a famous actor who's gotten this voice act this singer voice actors name wrong before so i'm curious because I've, I've heard you say it twice already so how do you say the voice actor voice actress for elsa how do you say her name i said idina menzel adina idina yeah okay i i've heard it both some like adina like adina menzel that's what i've heard i have i Okay, a, I am just going off of what I'm saying because I can't of course. tell you if I've actually heard someone say her name out loud. Yeah, Idina makes sense to me, but then I'm also from Ice Texas, <laughs> Ice where Texas. we would say Idina. <laughs> if it is Adina, my apologies. So Adele Dazim. <laughs> yes, that, that's that, that, I'm not gonna pronounce that, but that's actually not the funniest way ever to say that. No. Name. Yeah, we'll just say, yeah. No, it's, it's Idina Menzel. Yeah. I, apparently, at one of the Oscars, the name got screwed up. It did. I'd be By like John Travolta. <laughs> yes. Dina Menzel. Uh, Dina Menzel. <laughs> what do we have in info and stuff? All right. Besides uh, Adele Dazim. Adele Dazim. <laughs> Oh my uh, gosh! It was, redu- it was produced by Walt Disney Animation Studios. Yes, no, it was, it was. produced by uh, Wa- uh, Warner Brothers. <laughs> yes, Warner Brothers. <laughs> yeah, there we go. This is secretly a Looney Tunes cartoon. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Wait, that's Sony. <laughs> yeah. So info and stuff. Uh, IMDb it has a six point eight out of ten. Frozen, its predecessor, had a seven point four out of ten. It's available to watch on Disney Plus. Production-wise, was Disney Walt Disney Pictures and Walt Disney Animation Studio. Mm-hmm. Distribution was Walt Disney Studio Motion Pictures. Release date. It was originally released at the Dolby Theater on November seventh, two thousand nineteen, mm-hmm. and released broadly in the United States on November twenty second, the same year. Box office. It had an estimated budget of $150 million. Its opening weekend for the United States and Canada was 100 or 100, $130.2 million. That's a lot of money for an opener. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it was a very, the first film was very well liked. So yes. it makes sense that opening weekend, the theaters would have been crowded. That is true. Uh, so it's U.S. and Canada gross was $477.3 million. It's worldwide uh, gross was 
four, uh, $1.4 billion. It actually beat out its predecessor with frozen was a $1.2 billion. So it actually succeeded higher than its predecessor, which I thought was very interesting. Right. Uh, so going into home entertainment, our home release home entertainment, uh, Walt Disney studios, home entertainment release frozen two for digital download on February 2nd, 2020 and on Blu-ray and DVD on February 25th. That same, at the same time, a 4k ultra HD Blu-ray ultimate collector's edition and also a 4K UHD Blu-ray Steelbook edition was released. Special editions included a sing-along audio recording of the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, East a Easter egg, Easter Easter-based short film hosted by Olaf. Surprise, surprise! A presentation of a Nordic Nordic mythology of which the enchanted forest is based on and many others uh we didn't really get a behind the scenes thing like again of what happened on frozen, the original frozen we had to wait until they had to release it on disney plus if you haven't seen that six part um uh, that six part uh mini series on disney plus go check it out now granted if you have not seen the movie yet go watch the movie first then go watch the documentary just saying I suspect you have opinions. I have opinions. I do. Uh, well, you should probably watch the movie before you watch the yes, making of anyway. Yes. But all right. So uh, now let's see. Uh, the film uh, it premiered on Disney Plus on June twenty uh, June twenty eighth two thousand twenty, and was moved up. Hold on. Let's see. Uh, it was moved up. Initially, it was going to be released. On June twenty, on June twenty sixth, twenty twenty, was moved up to March fifteenth, United States, and in March seventeenth in Canada, uh, the Netherlands, Australia, and New Zealand due to the coronavirus pandemic. Thank you, Corona. Thanks, Corona. Uh, sequel. Tangle just didn't want it to go forward. Yeah. <laughs> bad so, joke. That's a bad joke. Yeah, that's a bad joke. That's a bad joke. So. Uh, as of sequels, as of recently, Bob Iger, the new, the newly reinstated CEO of the Walt Disney Company, has stated they are in production or at least post-production of Frozen Three. It maybe this time they'll give them more time to do the stinking movie. Opinions? Do we have? Yes, I have opinions. I assume like, we'll get more into that here. In yes, a bit. we will. Uh, so, yes, that is all I have for info and stuff. All right. Getting into the synopsis. King Agnar of Arendelle tells his daughters, Elsa and Anna, that their grandfather, King Runard, forged a treaty with the neighboring tribe mm-hmm. of Northuldra yep. by building a dam in the Enchanted Forest, mm-hmm. their homeland. A fight occurred, resulting in Runard's death and enraging the forest's classical elements of earth, fire, water, and air. The elements disappeared and a wall of mist trapped everyone in the forest. Agnar barely escaped, helped by an unknown savior. Hmm. Three years after her coronation, Elsa celebrates autumn in the kingdom of, with Anna and the snowman Olaf, the Iceman, Kristoff, and Kristoff's reindeer Sven. One night, Elsa hears a mysterious voice calling her. 
She follows it, unintentionally awakening the elemental spirits and forcing everyone in the kingdom to evacuate. The rock troll colony arrives, and Grand Pobby tells them that Elsa and the others must set things right by uncovering the truth about the past. Hmm. Elsa, Anna, Olaf, Kristoff, and Sven follow the mysterious voice and travel to the enchanted forest. The mist parts at Elsa's touch, while the air spirit appears as a tornado, catching everyone in its vortex before Elsa stops it by forming ice sculptures. She and Anna discover that the sculptures are images from their father's past and encourage the Northuldra and a troop of Arendellian soldiers who are still in conflict with one another. Uh, when the fire spirit appears, Elsa discovers that it is an agitated magical salamander and calms it. Elsa and Anna arrange a truce between the soldiers and Northuldra after discovering that their mother, Queen Iduna, was a Northuldran who had saved Agnar, an Arendellian. They later learn about a fifth spirit who will unite the people with their magic of nature. Elsa, Anna, and Olaf continue north, leaving Kristoff and Sven behind. They find their parents' wrecked ship and a map with a route to Atohalan, a mystical river said to explain the past. Elsa sends Anna and Olaf to safety and, count and continues alone. She encounters and tames the Nock, the water spirit who guards the mm -hmm. sea to Atohalan, Elsa discovers that the voice calling to her is the memory of young Iduna's call. Her powers are a gift from nature because of Iduna's selfless saving of Agnar, and Elsa is the fifth spirit. She learns that the dam was built as a ruse to reduce Northuldran resources because of Runard's contempt for the tribe's connection with magic and his intention to eliminate them and incorporate their region into the kingdom. Elsa learns that Runard began the conflict by murdering the unarmed Northuldran leader in cold blood. She sends the information to Anna before she becomes frozen, causing Olaf to fall, fade away, when she ventures into the most dangerous parts of Atohalan. Upon discovering the truth, Anna concludes that the dam must be destroyed for peace to be restored. She awakens the earth giant Jotun and lures them towards the dam. The giants hurl boulders, destroying the dam and sending a flood down the fjord towards the kingdom. Elsa is released and rides the water spirit to Arendelle, where she freezes the flood and saves the kingdom, as the myth disappears, she rejoins Anna and relieves, re revives Olaf. Anna accepts Kristoff's marriage proposal. Elsa explains that she and Anna are the bridge between the people and the magical spirits. Anna then becomes Queen of Arendelle. Elsa becomes the protector of the Enchanted Forest, who visits Arendelle since peace has been restored. In a post credit scene, Olaf visits, visits Elsa's ice palace and recounts the events to Marshmallow, a snow monster created by Elsa's palace guard in the first movie, mm -hmm. and the Snow Jeez, miniature snowman, oh, inadvertently created by Elsa on Anna's 19th birthday during Frozen Fever. Mm. I believe that's when it happened, because yeah. it didn't happen in the one I watched. No. But anyway, getting into the trivia for this. The purple fire spirit, Salamander, who befriends Elsa, after almost burning down the Northolder village, mm -hmm. is actually a reworking of Rapunzel's pet chameleon Pascal from Tangled, yep. and similarly vocalized by voice-over veteran Frank Welker. <laughs> the song used to call Elsa to the Enchanted Forest is a type of Scandinavian herding call called a culling. It was briefly used in the score of the first movie. In Frozen 2, the culling, culling is, that is central to the plot is performed by the Norwegian singer Aurora. Olaf's lines about the non-existent character Samantha were improvised by Josh Gad. Olaf's statement that turtles can breathe out their butts is actually a real phenomenon known as clo cloacal respiration and occurs with several species, including painted box turtles, eastern snapping turtles, and Fitzroy River turtles. 
turtle power. It just puts that whole show <laughs> in another perspective, doesn't it? Oh my it? gosh, yes. <laughs> Moving on. Christoph's song, Lost in the Woods, is done in the style of a 1980s power ballad. Mm -hmm. The sequence even recreates scenes from well-known videos of that era, including those from the bands Whitesnake and Queen. Mm -hmm. The Northolgers tribe's culture is inspired by the Sami people who are indigenous to Norway, Sweden, Finland, and Northern Russia. Disney signed a formal agreement with Sami representatives who, to, who promote the group's rights internationally. They formed an advisory group of artists, historians, elders, and political leaders. The Northern Sami language is called Jiknan Tu. Mm. In the beginning, where young Anna and Elsa are playing with snow figurines, a figure resembling Baymax from Big Hero 6 can be spotted in addition to one resembling Totoro from My Neighbor Totoro, right. a little elephant that looks like Dumbo, and a Snow White figure. Hmm. Young Aduna asks young Agnar what he's reading in when he when mm -hmm. uh, Elsa is going through oh, the past yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says, some Danish author. His Hans book shows the silhouette of Ariel from The Little Mermaid, mm -hmm. originally written by Danish author Hans Christian Andersen, uh -huh. who also wrote The Snow Queen, the story of which the Frozen films are extremely loosely based. Since Elsa was never barefoot in the original Frozen, the animators didn't bother giving her toes then. They had to remodel her feet with toes for the sequel. This is Alan Tudyk's seventh consecutive Disney animated film after Wreck-It Ralph in 2012, Frozen in 2013, Big Hero 6 in 2014, Zootopia in 2016, Moana in 2016, and Ralph Breaks the Internet in 2018. Due to John Lasser leaving all of Disney animation areas by the end of that year, this could be, could be Tudyk's last consecutive animated film. Huh. This is Walt Disney Animation Studios' 58th feature film mm -hmm. and the last one of the 2010s. Even though it is the 58th feature film in the Walt Disney Animation Studio canon, it is only the fourth film to become a franchise in which its sequels are also made in the canon. Mm -hmm. The others being The Rescuers in 1977 with mm. The Rescuers Down Under, yes. Fantasia with Fantasia 2000, and Wreck-It Ralph with Ralph Breaks the Internet. Yes, and you know our opinion about Wreck-It Ralph too. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, if you're sitting there wondering, what about all those other Disney theatrical straight-to-video sequels? Those were not made by Walt Disney Animation Studios and are technically non-canon. They were almost all of them, if I remember correctly, were made by a then-subsidiary animation mm -hmm. studio called among other many other names, Disney Toon Studios. Yes. Which uh unfortunately just learned right before recording closed in 2018, the year before this wow. movie came out. Yes. But uh yeah. Those are all technically made by another company, so they are not in the Walt Disney Animation Studios canon. Gotcha. And that is what I got for trivia. Jacob, what is your first like for this film? My first like Disney always sits out of the park, definitely in the more recent years. Uh, the animation in this movie, Particle of X, extremely on mm -hmm. this point. Uh, the animation in this movie, like, you take Frozen, which was 2013? Yes. 2013. And the animation has gone leaps and bounds, have mm -hmm. gone into the unknown, 
can't help myself there. Uh, right. uh, the animation is just top, top tier, top shelf, like always with Disney. They knock it out of the park. Like, I, like even seeing the trailers for their more recent stuff they've done that didn't do well in theaters, but it's mm-hmm. still animation wise, it's spectacular. Yeah, because that's what Disney does. We like they and they have really learned how to use the three D animation yes, very effectively. Grant, some of those very first three uh, D ones, mm-hmm. they can leave somewhat to be desired. Yes, in some instances. Yes, this I mean, like animation wise, it's beautiful. Definitely with the particle effects. Oh my gosh! Be like how how they use the the park like for snow, for fire, for wi- for like wind effects. The scene, oh yeah, uh, like it's freaking amazing. Oh, it's the so, water in this water beautiful. effects are beautiful. Ice effects, everything. Mm-hmm. Like it's just uh, leaps and bounds from what they did in 2013 with Frozen, and this is just a tour de force. Like I said before, in animation, it's so well done animation wise it's breathtaking it's beautiful and some days be like i wish i had a 4k television with the ability to watch 4k and watch some 4k because it would just be beautiful so yes the animation is spectacular what's your first like my first like for this is it's classic disney fun agreed it is on one hand yes it is a disney princess film so there mm-hmm. are some certain uh say standard things tropes there is a love story that goes on but it is it's brought up but then kind of left in the background for a good portion of a the little film, bit. because that's not the important part of the story right uh yes it is loosely based on its source material mm-hmm. even less so since it's actually a sequel to what was actually based on the source yeah. material so yeah, this is a more original story, but uh, it, it's still you can still feel the connections mm-hmm. back to the first film, and apparently the two in-universe shorts or short features, we'll say, mm-hmm. uh, that technically happened in between these two films. I mean, it, they do a good job of of making it feel like you are actually in a living universe yes. you don't always get this even in disney films because a lot of them really do feel the universe started right before uh the, the film started and ended right after mm. in a lot of cases yeah if they most often feel like you know straight up plays when you get right down to it this gotcha. really feels like yeah there are singing there's singing in here but it is like from beginning to end this is a story that is happening within a specific universe not a story that we kind of cobbled together so we would have a sequel because we knew it would sell like hotcakes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my first like. It's a it's a good classic. It's it's good classic Disney fun, and it's part of a, it feels like it's part of a universe and not just a, a, a second film. Yeah. My second like would be the music. Oh yeah, the, the music in this film is so well done. Uh, the composers of this film just knock it out of the park like they did in the first one. And I've heard reviewers say it's like, oh, the the music is just kind of bland. It doesn't really go to what Let It Go did. Well, Let It Go was a a in a bottle. Be like when that movie came out. When right, yeah, it's just like. But these songs are so much different because it's allowed the characters to grow mm-hmm. into who they are now. And I love the progression of how they do the characters because the first one did a very good job. Like 
I would say even the story is better in, in, in some regards, but we'll get there when we get there. Um, but musically wise, be like, 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 um, uh, like the first song, the the song that the mother is singing to the children, mm-hmm. that's very well done. Then you get into the uh into the unknown, right? Which is like the back year, the the hairs in the back of my head go up every time because Adina Manzel just kills it anytime she be like you know lays down some uh some sweet tracks mm-hmm. for her uh, amazing vocals, uh, and you just go further and further into this movie. It's just like you got really amazing songs, and you get the like the the one that'll rip your heart out is uh uh the one that uh Anna sings. Yeah. Uh uh what what is it called? I don't have a list in front of me. No. Um, um should. But it's it's yeah. the one after quote unquote Elsa and all uh, um, freezes and Olaf disappears. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, about, do the do the right do thing. Do the right thing. Yeah. Do the right thing. Cuz that's that's really the message on this in this film is Yeah sometimes all you can do is step forward and do the next right yeah thing. yeah oh my gosh that that just like for there again i'm not trying to say be like oh i'm a victim i'm not be like that's just you know the thing that god puts in your puts in your life mm-hmm. that he knows that you cannot handle without him that's just the thing i always say so someone who has mild depression and has gone through a lot some like we've all gone through stuff yeah I, i'm not trying to discredit anybody who's gone through worse things than i have or not um but be like someone who be like when when you're depressed and everything just feels dark be like those lyrics were like oh my gosh i know that i've been there before Mm -hmm. and uh that that is just like it's very dark and very just kind of like they're like you you understand where she's at be like she is at her lowest and be like everything's gone dark be like one point i believe it's like be like she she's ready to uh succumb to what's you know what's happened yeah but she she finds that courage to continue to take that one another step and to do the next best thing and i just like it's so hauntingly beautiful that song and uh uh man i'm, I'm talking just like deep stuff sometimes with how how these writers What's the writer's again? The name's again? I'm drawing a blank. Lopez is the last yeah, name. Yeah, the, Lope, uh, the Lopez's. Hang on. Um, okay, go all the way back up here. Uh, Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez. Yeah, thank you. Uh, they did a phenomenal job. Be like their writing went up, up and up and up with this movie. And uh, like every movie they've done so far with Disney is gold, music-wise, music and lyrically-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's... I would say almost on par with what um uh what they were doing in the early 90s with um Beauty and the Beast mm-hmm. um Little Mermaid the whole Aladdin, bit Aladdin with those Lion films. King yeah, Lion King where wasn't there but uh when you had a uh, oh crap but either or be honest in some way Yeah something like that be like you have that very much that that very much style it kind of flows into that that musically wise um but overall like howard ashman that's what i'm referring to yeah. howard ashman and uh yeah just beautiful beautiful beautifully written music <clears throat> that I me mean, like yeah I, I found myself listening to the soundtrack more than i've watched the film but uh overall i thoroughly enjoy the music and it is just again like the animation tore off force and i can't wait for to hear what other music they're 
what their talents are going to bring to another Disney film. What's your second like? I'm jumping in on the same one. Uh, I'm I'm agreeing with you that the music here is a lot better. Okay. Uh, when you're looking at Frozen One, you only really have three songs that kind of really stand out in terms of like big quality. Yeah. He got Let It Go, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you want to build a snowman? Right. And then the troll song where they're singing about love, trying to get Anna and oh, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. That's about the only real three that really stand out. Okay. Of what six songs? Yeah. In that one, so yeah, it's half. But this one, you've got uh, the lullaby at the very mm-hmm. beginning. You've yeah. got into the unknown. Mm-hmm. You've got. Um, the one you were just talking about with uh honest uh, the next there, right thing next right thing you've got uh lost in the woods mm, oh my gosh yes i mean there's i totally not, forgot about that song oh my gosh not really a bad song mm-hmm. in the whole thing and that's very interesting because you know what the whole point of having songs and musicals is right in order to mm-hmm. express emotion it's express it's it's to communicate something that you that can a normal discussion mm-hmm. would take too yes long. agreed when you're watching, it would it would take entirely too long through dialogue mm-hmm. to explain Agreed. what Elsa is thinking about that that she that we get that information across it gets across to us in into the unknown. Yeah, and because that's what four minutes of that of that of the movie that is takes that's into the unknown. <clears throat> yeah, whereas that would probably take a good 10, 20 minutes through different uh, scenes. Yeah, trying to get Anna and Elsa to talk back with mm-hmm. each other before they decide oh let's go do this mm-hmm. um that that's the entire point yeah of these musicals and i will say that frozen 2 in my opinion mm-hmm. does this better than frozen 1 yeah granted like i said when we did the frozen <clears throat> 1 review mm-hmm. elsa is the one with the villain song she does because until three quarters of the way through the film she effectively is the villain of that film she is whereas in this one there actually isn't a villain no there is don't get a villain song no there is no villain the villain technically died already yeah years before any of this stuff happened because he was the one who was jealous of the north older tribe with their magic and he's the one who set apart the uh put who uh convince them to allow them to build a dam mm-hmm. so that would actually stop up the magic basically yeah and so anna actually had to look like a villain for a couple minutes when she's just doing the best she can to get someone to blow up the dam even though it's going to pop, probably destroy yeah. arendelle true and it's not until she, they realize oh she actually knows what she's talking about that they realize oh you're not the villain you're actually there is no villain really in yeah. this so yeah, we don't get a villain song, but this movie really didn't need it because you had because like I said, this is a rock opera. Yeah, you get. I mean, nearly every song in here is a feels like an '80s era rock song. True, uh, and it, it just feels like it, it's just all the music is very powerful. Yes, and fun to listen to, which is weird for, for me anyway. Yeah, for a Disney princess film. Okay. Because you don't really get this, even in Tangled, you don't get this, which to me, I still think is the be- be- better Disney film, yeah. better uh, Disney princess film. Mm-hmm. But most of the time in Disney princess films, obviously, they're not written for me normally. Right. 
for obvious reasons. Uh-huh. But this was like, no, these are all really great songs. But I do want to touch on something that crossed my mind when listening to Into the Unknown. Yeah. There is a line in there where she says, I have to admit there's a part of me that wants to run after your call. Yeah. Uh, into, into the unknown. Yeah. And I got to thinking, because she's already, because before that she's saying, I already had my adventure. I don't need to leave. Uh, everything I could, everyone I ever want is right here. Mm-hmm. But yet a part of me does just want to go and run towards wherever this, where this call is coming from. Yes. Which would be really into unknown territory yeah. for her. And I got to thinking, bear in mind, of course, we're both Christians here. Uh-huh. In most cases, I would say a lot of times our salvation testimony yeah. would be essentially Frozen 1. Okay. It's very much, that was our adventure in our minds. Everything leading up to that, by all technical accounts, once we reached that point, we were safe. Okay. We are going to live happily ever after, in a sense. Yeah. It's guaranteed. Okay. It may be a while till it starts. Right. But it's guaranteed. Right. Sometimes you really hope it's a little while before it starts because we're humans (laughs) and we can't. Well, the idea of, anyway, back to my point. But the thing is, once we do that, we are getting that call to go out and serve in an area that we probably are not going to be comfortable with. Mm. But if, but that's the thing you, and if you're Christian and you're, you know, God calls you to go do something, the best thing you can do is go do what God tells you to do. Yeah. And you're probably going to feel good about it afterwards, even if it's a pain in the butt. And maybe something <laughs> you really you to, don't want to do. It causes you to have to sacrifice things you mm-hmm. didn't want to sacrifice. That is true. But ultimately, it's the best thing you can do. So anyway, that's just a thought that crossed my head. Yeah, I agree. Also, I wanted to bring up, because uh, I remember when we reviewed Frozen 1 in the first season, because I remember when uh, Olaf's song came up in summer, because I, I remember correctly, be like, you're watching the film, Olaf pops up and he does a song and literally the the e the e break is pulled. He derails that whole movie because you're in this adventure and all of a sudden, hi, I'm Olaf. I like warm hugs and I want to see summer. And you're sitting there going, and you're right, every one of us is right there with Kristoff. It's like I'm going to tell him, yeah, please tell him, please <laughs> tell him, don't you dare. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it's it's one of those songs where everything just it. The e-brakes pulled, the car is pulled into a complete slide to stop and have this song, have this moment, which is like four minutes, like four right. or five minutes. But it takes like an additional five minutes for the movie to get back to where it needed to be. And that's a that's really the biggest issue with Frozen One. Yeah. Is every time a song starts, we take a stop. Mm-hmm. It's like, and the story is stopping, and we are now in the song. Yeah. And now we're going again, but it's going to take us a while to ramp back up. And this one, no, no, no it's no. like the music and the writers. We, like, well, the two people who composed the music mm-hmm. are listed with the writing team. Yes, they which are. Which means the music was written along with the story, and so that's yes. why it better fits. Agreed. Sorry. Agreed. No, you're good. Be like, also be like, you know, like when you said Lost in the Woods. Lost in the Woods is like another one of those my favorites. But like, even though it kind of derails Kristoff as a character, uh, you know, later on, well, we'll get to Kristoff. We'll later. get we'll get out to Kristoff when we get to Kristoff. Uh, I, I just have like some opinions later. Same on. here. But uh, the the one song that I loved to death 
besides Into the Unknown, is uh, Show Yourself. Because we're building up this whole yeah. thing of Show Yourself Holland, was the other one. I was just think. like, just, wow, what the crap? Because there again, it's Adina Menzel uh, doing Adina Menzel. And mm-hmm. it's just like beautiful. And though there again, I, I, w- I would dare to say this, probably Elsa in Frozen 2 is probably the most powerful Disney character in the Disney universe. Am I wrong? No. Okay. I'm pretty sure there's probably people. She's definitely the only one who's got her face on currency. Explain that. In the movie. Oh, that's right. She does. silhouette is on the coins that Kristoff uses early in the film. That's right. And no other Disney princess can make this claim. That is true. That is true. Be like even... uh, yeah, not not even uh, Tangled. They do that because obviously they go into the series, but that's never well, seen. Um, in general, you only really put the queen or the king, the mm-hmm. the reigning monarch on right. currency. Those who are part of the royal family but aren't right. really ruling don't get this honor. And Elsa's the first of two. Yeah, ironically, Anna being the second. True, reigning monarchs uh-huh. of their countries. Yeah. So I, I I'll throw a challenge out there to like those who are listening and who are other Disney aficionados or like animation fans like we are. Uh, so I just threw that challenge out to you. Be like, I believe I, uh, Elsa is the most powerful Disney character in the Disney universe. I if, got one that beat it. Huh? I got a character that beats it. Okay. Who? Zeus. Z- from Hercules? He's a god. <laughs> that, eh. He's a very poorly written god that it's not even really Zeus. Hades. Eh. Hades, <laughs> a funniest character in Ag- Hercules, at least. Ag- agreed. <laughs> but B, he has power over life and death. Well, more he can trap people in the underworld. He tricks people to go in the other world. <laughs> or no, he's he's just the ruler over he's, the underworld. He just what he's the uh the supervisor. He's a supervisor of the underworld. He doesn't really have power. He's just a supervisor. That's what Hades did anyway. <laughs> like, yeah, you can't escape okay. because Hades will let you out. <laughs> so really, he's just the supervisor. <laughs> King Triton. Without the Triton, he's nothing. <laughs> yes, but with the Triton, which is how you should always see him in general, except when that is true. Film. He has the trident, so so technically, technically, let's go here. Technically, so King Trident gave up his trident to give to Ursula. So he'd be like, he technically be like, yes, he's a very powerful character, but his power is only through his trident. And so if he loses his trident, he's no longer has any power. But Elsa. Be like her powers are natural. It's almost like a mutant power, kind of going in the TAS a little bit. So her powers are natural. You cannot suppress her powers. So be like her powers are unlimited and they will continue to grow and be more and more powerful. I have one more. (laughs) Okay. This is one. One more. Okay. Fred's dad. From Big St- Hero Six, Stanley. <laughs> I, I, one, one, we, one, we do not know his power whatsoever. He's the creator of the Marvel universe. <laughs> no, he's not. 
Yes, he is. <laughs> if the, not, the, if the, not the, in the, actuality, <laughs> within Marvel continuity. <laughs> but this is a Disney movie, not a Marvel film. Big Hero 6 is Marvel continuity, technically. In a small minority. <laughs> yes, yes. Be like, I will grant you. I will grant you. I will. This this is really cool, guys. It's I mean, like, yes, I will grant you, but in the Marvels now, in the Marvel universe, Big Hero Six is somewhere out there. <laughs> I was tempted to mention like somebody from like Wreck It Ralph until I realized A, all they do all they have to do is unplug the electricity and they're all dead. So that didn't work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then I thought, well, maybe it's some character who is so cute they <laughs> win by default because they're too adorable to get punched. <laughs> You know, as she, that sort of thing. I'm trying to think who that character would actually be, and for the life of me, I can't think of anybody. I, I don't. I think like well, also when it like she would just freeze them, but like there again, it's also she wouldn't freeze anybody unless you really, really got her mad. <laughs> or you take also from Frozen One, it's like yeah, she would attend. She like would probably kill oh, somebody. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait oh a minute, no! Wait here a we go. Okay. 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 Yen said. Do you know who that, I'm talking about? That that's a little too much because you're going. That's Kingdom Hearts. No, he is not a Kingdom Hearts character. By by. Oh, that's right. Okay, my mistake. He yes. is from He's Fantasia. As he is the sorcerer in the Sorcerer's Apprentice, and you know what his last his name means? No, where the name comes from? No, it is Disney backwards. That makes sense. That makes he sense. He is he is Walt Disney's insert character. He is the most powerful person in Walt Disney can. Oh, that, that's jumping conclusions. That's jumping to conclusions. He's Disney. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, maybe. There again, I would have to be like, yeah, he is a wizard. Like, yes, we see him controlling water and that kind of stuff. We do see Sorcerer, that. but yeah. Sorcerer. We do see him do that. There's a slight difference. Um, but but he's then. also like the insert character. So he's like technically got more power than everybody else that is true that could be debated but I, I i see your point i do see your point i do hey who else am i gonna say goofy because the man can't get hurt correction well, the dog can't get hurt he's got plot armor <laughs> how many times has goofy fallen from great heights <laughs> how many times has goofy been nearly completely you heard Roger Rabbit. Nobody can take a pratfall like Goofy. <laughs> that is, he did. I agree. Yes, be like he might be Actually, immortal, I, but can he? Can he? Oh, I just had another idea. Can, be like, well, I, I agree. Goofy probably is immortal. He probably can't die, but he can sure become an icicle and stay an icicle. <laughs> he would be fine afterwards. <laughs> he would be fine afterwards, but. I will say, even if you're going to fight me over whether or not Yen Sid is the strongest person, he could beat Elsa in a fight. Huh? That'll be interesting because he is he is he knows more sorcery and magic than she does because she only has access to ice magic. True, he has access to a lot more magic, but also she has like like in Frozen Two, it does stay be like she can control water. Not just ice. She can control water itself. So can he. Okay. <laughs> Did you not see the Sorcerer's Apprentice section of that movie? And besides that, do you realize how many people from Fantasia I probably could also say? Probably. Like, 
the Zeus in that movie? <laughs> Kronos in that movie? Touche. The conductor in that movie? <laughs> oh my gosh. Back to our likes. We are to... off track wow. by a lot. That, we that was... also have one more to go. Yes, we do. That was fun. I wasn't oh. going to bring up Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> because I already know who would win. Who? <laughs> I'm not singing these words right. Sephiroth! <laughs> Sephiroth! <laughs> you have not seen that boss fight. That will make you weep. <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> it's a hard boss fight. Dude. Okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. Okay, so mine is a better Olaf. Yes. A better Olaf because in the first one he was annoying as crap. <laughs> because he literally was be like, oh, be like, he's literally the audience insert to be like, oh, I wonder what's gonna go on here. Oh, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Be like literally just like well, he just copies everybody what else has said and be like and just like oh. In yeah. the first movie, for one thing, he doesn't come in until halfway through the film. Agreed. He does. And when he shows up, you're like, what? What are you doing here? Because up to that point, it was like any other kind of Disney. It was like Disney actually doing something. No, there was not. You're this goofy. Mm-hmm. Like, sidekick. We were almost in an action, a Disney Princess action movie. Yeah. For a bit. And then Olaf shows up and we're right back to the tropes. Yeah, which is fine. Don't get me wrong, but it sure. comes right the smack out of nowhere. You get into this one, and yeah, he's there from the beginning, of course, because he's returning from the first movie uh-huh. and the other two shorts. But it's like here, he's actually funny. They actually thought it, it really does feel like they shoehorned Olaf in. Agreed to the first one. It does. And this one, since they already knew the character was there, they actually were able to naturally write him into the story. Mm-hmm. I agree. They gave him, like, all the hints that you would go, no, that ain't gonna be it. Water has memory. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) Wait a minute. It does. But, um, which I was at a contention with, but, like, okay, this is Disney. This is animated. So, just is what it is. Ready to roll. Uh, so, yeah, be like, we do get a better Olaf. Be like, one, Mm -hmm. he's more fleshed out. He's more, he's a lot more mature of a character. And so he finds he is dealing with. Well, he has, he's starting to deal with mortality. Yeah, dealing with mortality, <laughs> growing up. That was that was funny. That was good. Thing was like, so how do you deal with the fact that one day you might not be around anymore? Oh like, yeah, I, honestly, foreshadowing. Like, foreshadowing. Olaf, why are you thinking about that? Did you just realize you should be melting? Yeah. If not for the permafrost that mm-hmm. Elsa obviously gave you. Yes. But. Oh my gosh! It's like the the character who's philosophizing about uh about everything in this entire movie, and it's just giving like dropping information left oh. and right, and it's not just stupid information. Like in, yeah, he's in, like in turtles the, can breathe out their butts. Right. In the first movie, Olaf was just an idiot. Yeah. Basically, he was he was he kind, was he was meant to be the side the character who comes in and says, "Explain everything to me because I'm not going to get it." Yeah. In some ways. And he was, and for us as, you know, more older people, and we kind of don't need those characters anymore. And they right. come off as annoying because of the way he was written in that one. No offense to Josh Gad. He's an annoying character for people our age. Yeah, agreed. Granted, if unless you can just 
fire right into it and then he's fine because he's not really well written that well in the first one agreed this one grant some of this is just just josh gad does fully knows the character at this point yes and is able to improvise a mm -hmm. lot i wouldn't be surprised if a lot of that was actually improvisation on his part but he knows that character a lot better and he can just go right into it to where it's like oh i actually like olaf now he's yeah. not annoying yeah especially especially when you get towards... to the point where his sorry i'm because this is my third like also okay go for jumping it. in on this go for it his death scene i was about to go there i had a feeling mm -hmm. this is a character i didn't like in the first film mm -hmm. i hate him in kingdom hearts just putting that out there and i'm watching his death scene in this as like when they first hint at it and it's like Hang on, are we in Infinity War? Is this Spider-Man? Oh my god, yeah, you're no kidding. Oh my gosh, I didn't think about that. He's Peter Parker. Oh no, I don't feel good anymore. Oh jeez. I think I don't feel good. <laughs> it's like I hate this. I should hate this character. And it's like you somehow in the past, since the beginning of this film, made me actually care if the stupid snowman survives. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where it's like when Elsa says it's a good thing water has memory I go yay he's back what's wrong with me what has happened to me what is what have I become <laughs> who am I and what have what have they done with me <laughs> yes his his death is so moving because once you realize what happened mm -hmm. to Elsa and be like that's just very slowly they start bringing it in it's like oh oh they're doing that yeah oh they're killing off Olaf yeah, and it's just like I, I mean, like I was in there shocked. It's like, oh my gosh, they're doing that, and I, I be like, I remember in the theaters hearing like little kids starting to cry about it, and I was like, yeah, it's like Olaf's dying. It's like, oh, or some kids were like, what's happening? They didn't understand, and so uh, I, I remember like one kid had to go out, go out because it was Olaf dying. This and is uh, like if is, if at our age, if we'd gone and seen uh, Lion King and Pumbaa died halfway through it. Yeah, that one is just like it's what? The same thing. Yeah, you you get you have very large side watching character. the Little Mermaid and oh yeah, Flounder got eaten by the shark. Ah, like yeah, ow, yeah. What? Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh my, yeah, but oh man, oh man, oh man, but it's like Olaf becomes this 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 a a more mature character, mm -hmm. and you feel it. You 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 feel it, kind of like how. Uh, Sven says it'd be like yeah. your feelings are true, which they're not really, but be like your your feelings do matter, but they don't control what you're right. supposed to do. Um don't which, be controlled by your feelings, right. I'll say that. But um, but it's just like be like when be like you you get this point where he does pass, he does pass away as a character, mm -hmm. and it's just like you get that, like I said you're uh, earlier right there with Anna. Yeah, you're point. just right Great. there. Because it's like okay. Elsa is frozen over. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say she's dead because Anna didn't die when she got frozen over in the first one. That's but true. Obviously, she's cut off from her magic. That's why Olaf is now powder. dead. He's powder. And you're sitting there going, as far as Anna knows, mm -hmm. everyone she knows is dead. Everyone she knows she, and loves is Her entire gone. support network mm -hmm. is, is missing at this moment. Yeah. Because Anna's fro Elsa's frozen. Olaf's gone. Sven and Kristoff are who knows where. Yeah, have no idea. She so, doesn't even know he's been trying to propose for the past half. Exactly. Hour. <laughs> and she's like, 
okay and we and the problem's still not fixed and now it's all on her and somehow she's the one who's got to do everything you're right there with her yeah you are all because of a snowman dying yeah exactly and this was that's actually the craziest part about this you know the reason i don't like olaf like i said in the first one is Mm. he he makes tons of jokes that aren't funny yeah okay for me that is true and this one he's got from the get-go he's almost every single one of his jokes are funny they are from his charade scene Mm -hmm. where he does the elsa hips oh gosh yes oh my god that was funny a lot of his comments while stupid Mm -hmm. uh there's like okay those were funny the whole thing's like Kristoff, sven anna elsa samantha Samantha? (laughs) wait a minute i don't know a samantha Samantha. (laughs) i don't know what i'm thinking is that you samantha (laughs) oh it's you i'm gonna call you gail (laughs) be like just hits punch after punch after punch just like what the heck and then the best best one his his reading of how frozen one happened oh gosh Mm mm-hmm and I lived. <laughs> and, and Anna died. And that's and, and it's like, and then I was because I lived. It's like, this is so stupid. And then he does it again at the very end. Explain going over how Frozen Two ended. It's like, and oh yeah, forgot about Anna that. Anna died, and Elsa, and Elsa died, and or, or was frozen, and then I died. Mm. But then I came back to life, and you came back to life, and that's why we're all alive. Uh, this is so stupid i agree and i love it oh my (laughs) god because that's the thing that's the problem with comedic characters in general yeah if they're funny you don't care agreed you 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 actually that's what actually makes you care for the character Mm -hmm. because in your mind you know they're comedic character yeah you know that they're meant to be the comedic relief so when they die that's actually more impactful but when they're not funny yeah you want them to die true i remember when i first watched frozen and i had only seen olaf for what five minutes yeah before uh him talking about wanting to be in to see summer Uh uh-huh and i'm going yeah i want you to see summer too (laughs) i want you a little bugger i i want to see you melt right now because you are an annoying character and i don't like you and here it's like i don't want you i'm actually sad that you're dying olaf (laughs) What is going on? <laughs> confusing yeah. emotions. Confusing emotions. Yes. I will give I will give Frozen to this. Kudos for making me give two flying bananas about Olaf, the stupid <laughs> snowman. I would agree. I would agree. Be like Olaf becomes a very like very likable character. Yeah, I'd be like like I said before, they'd be like he's philosophizing all over the place. He is be, he, all his jokes hit. Like everything he says is funny mm-hmm. or it has some impact on the story. Unlike Frozen 1 where it's just be like he makes some really really stupid joke and he's just be like he's literally just repeating everything everybody else is saying. Mm-hmm. And they're getting like cuz he was shoehorned into the story for one exactly. thing. Exactly. Exactly. This one, he's there from the beginning, and they actually wrote him in where it made sense. So Ag- agreed. So yes, be like apparently our both our number threes are Olaf is awesome. 
In this one. In this one. First one, not so much. We don't know about Frozen 3 yet. Well, it'll get the here when movies, it gets there. The third movie is usually the worst one. In general, in granted, general we granted. have not had a in-canon Disney third film yet. No, we have not. So we will see. We shall see when it, when it comes up. But Whatever. for now, we've got to talk dislikes. Yes, we do. What's your first? My, see if, it's, if I have oh the same one. Gosh, <laughs> I think it might be different. You never know. I know we have at least one similar one. Just from yes. what we talked about. My first dislike is, I understand, like, sometimes you have to remind your audience. You have to remind your audience of what happened previously, like previously on X-Men. This movie, oh my gosh. How many times do you have to remind the audience each and every time what happened in the first film? They do it at least four times throughout the entire film. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand it's a kid's movie. You're, like, you're literally just playing the kids down to they're dumber than bricks. They're not dumb. They watch this movie a thousand times. You do not have to repeatedly over and over and over again rehash what happened with your what happened with frozen one you can do it once twice maybe not five times if memory serves correctly it's just like oh my that 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 became so infuriating by the third time or at least the second time i'm like i only know of three times that they actually did it one was the joke with olaf with the swaying hips yeah that's one. Well, there's there was the uh, and then the, there's those, a lost those... recitation of what of Frozen One in his in his comedic bit that and that was at least serviceable. Mm-hmm. And then the third one that I know of is when she's going through Northuldra, the 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 cave, the, yeah. the river, the, mm-hmm. the glacier. That's sort of glacier. For. Yeah, uh, and it's uh, and you see the quick little snow clip of yeah doing what, what's uh, going let on it go yeah let it go and like yeah i there's only like three i caught but. that is true i'll be like i may over exaggerate the five but it felt like they did it five times it was a little was like okay we get it move on yeah it was it was it was a bit of annoyance with the, they, they they had to constantly call back to the first one constantly call back to the first one and it's there again be like I, I, it's almost like patronizing like really be like remember what we did in the first one the word you are looking for is fan service. Fan service. That's better. Because it is literally panning to the audience mm-hmm. to show them what you they 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 remember from the last one. Yes. Granted, I think the scene where Olaf is retelling the events. Yeah. That's fine. That's that was, fine. That's funny. funny. The callback with Elsa with, with Olaf doing Elsa's hips during the charades thing. That was funny. That is funny also. Yeah. When they're in the iceberg or the glacier, mm-hmm. that was like uh, a bit much. That's a bit much. You're, yeah. you're, you're pulling. It's like, okay, we get it. You love let it go. It's a little bit of a stretch. Move on. Yeah, move on. But I, I understand why they did it. But at the same time, it's just like, okay, I will say so there was a fourth one because there is that part where uh, Anna and Kristoff are getting into that small little squabble at one point. And he's talking about, you know, do you remember when our, our first meeting and, you know, I, you, you, I said, I thought you were being naive. And then she kind of, oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that is a kind of explained their part of that story. Yeah, agreed. 
So yeah, I, that's 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 a fourth. So I'm sure yeah. there's a fifth one in there there's somewhere. Probably I just don't remember it. Probably, but it's just like I, I think it just it, it became really repetitive. Let's 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 remind you what happened in the first film. And I found that really it it almost like it's, be like you're be like this audience, the young audience who watched this in 2013 on until this one came out in 2019 had probably watched it a billion times by this point. So why do you have to continually rehash what you did in the first one when your audience clearly could re, uh, give recitations of what happened in the first one? So I'm just saying, be like, I, I love the fan service is a little too much. I agree with you that they need to back it off a little. Yeah. Uh, in the case of uh, Anna and Kristoff's argument and Olaf's uh, retelling. Yeah. I think those would have been all you really needed. Yeah. Agreed. To get the point across. It's like, yeah. okay, we we're acknowledging the other film. We're giving you what information from that film you need to understand what's going on in this one. Yeah. And then the other two are just quick little callbacks. Like, here's a funny joke that makes sense for us to do here. Yeah, agreed. But granted, Frozen 1 is the most over overshown movie yes. that Disney's put out in the past 20 years. Yes. If not 30 years. So, I mean, I get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I kind of wish they'd have backed off a little bit. Yeah. But I also understand Yeah, wanting to play to the fans. Agreed. Yeah, I think it's not as great a design decision, but yeah, I, I also understand why. Yes. So yeah, that's my. If it was a book, we wouldn't care. That is true, because it would have been more spread out. Well, it's it's. I don't want to say it's more like a Dragon Ball thing where no, it's, it's not that. No, it's not that where they had to rehash everything. It's it's like I'm rehash. I don't know. Anyway, anyways. It's like watch it'd be like if you were to watch a like a like a TV show and then it's like, oh, we've got to do a a, a, a recap show. But the, the recap show, like, you know, there's three or four recap shows throughout the entire show. It's like, OK, we get what's going on. It's let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's, it's like the uh, when serial television was first becoming a thing. Yeah. And every episode started with well, like with X-Men yeah. previously on X-Men. Here's the last seven episodes in quick succession so you remember what happened. Yeah. Previously on uh, Heroes, here's everything that's been going on since the first episode. Yeah. Kind of put into a... It's like, no, give your audience a break. Give give them the uh, uh, respect. Yeah. They actually have been paying attention and going on. If they haven't been and they get lost, that's their fault because they weren't paying attention. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So here, here's a good example. Here is uh, Besides, a in this day and age, who doesn't go watch the first movie again before they go watch the sequel? I know people who've done that. I'm just saying it's a thing that's yeah. You, know, you the 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 makers of the movie should be able to assume that people are going to do in this day and age. Yeah, agreed. The the one of the things I've noticed is like if we'll probably we we have done this film before is uh, Aladdin returned to Javar. Mm -hmm. We've done this we've done this one, right? Yeah. Okay, so that movie went straight to the heart. What was going on? Be like they kind of it's like okay, we did this in the past. Let's move forward, and they just move forward with the story. What's going on in this story? And they were like, "This is that a was also the pilot for a television series." That is true. That so is it, true. Had, it was more worried about other things. That is true. Same can be said about Tangled ever, before ever after. It was a pilot for a show. It's more focused on 
getting you into the idea of what's coming, mm. not looking back on what happened. Okay. Fair enough. That that's all Fair that's enough. where I'm gonna go with that. I'm okay. not, I'm not trying enough. to fight you on that. It's just like oh, that's what that's doing. Better one. Better one. I got a better one. Rescuers down under. Okay, yeah. Rescuers down under be like rescuers down under does not tell you a thing. Exactly. We'll get into that later when we get to that movie. Because I think that's this year. Yeah. But um great movie, by the way. Right. Because I saw Rescuers Down Under first. And I didn't need to know anything going into that. Exactly. Granted, they set up everything. Frozen 2, you do need to know a little bit more. A little bit. About give you an idea of what happened. But you really yeah. But anyway, also, but also think every about the, film, every film is different, and there is a more serial thought process very true. in movie making and television right now. So I understand why you give the callbacks. Yeah. Granted, most of Marvel knows give when they do callbacks, they yeah. don't tell you what they're calling back into. They're just assuming you know what they're calling back. Yeah. To. So just thinking about that, like the rescuers made in 1977 i believe that was the original yeah yeah the original and then rescuers down under was 1990 yeah so you're talking almost 12 like, years 12 years almost 12 year decade uh, just a little bit longer than frozen to frozen 2 almost you're right almost almost like that's six years it's still one end of the decade to the other that is true so that is so true didn't think about that yeah but, but still yes you are you are so you in both cases you're talking about different generations watch going to see into the theater to very see the true film. very true um and yeah rescuers down under doesn't tell you anything but then it re- there was nothing from the first film that needed to be told for the second film to make sense yeah frozen two you do at least need to know a little bit of character history to understand why elsa and anna and Kristoff and uh olaf are in the situation they're in and why they act like this because otherwise you wonder why is the queen and the princess from one country feeling it's important to run off true. to another country very true i agree with that i agree with that so that's my number one and, that's yeah. my n- number one dislike what's your first dislike i just want to say this it's been, it, this being our fourth year when i when, when one of us is rebutting the other one's dislike we are res- we are respecting yes their dislike but we are seeing a lot of times it from a different angle so yes. while we respect the dislike we're saying well maybe it's really more like this yeah we do tend to defend movies even when it's like we kind of agree <laughs> kind of agree this probably <laughs> wasn't a good film <laughs> or maybe it was a great film no we're, i mean I, I i agree with you yeah. that uh it calls back to the first film a little too much yeah agreed mm-hmm but it's not on my list of dislikes. Yeah. Okay. So my that's why I can rebut it safely because it's like okay, I can see maybe what they're doing here. Okay. Sure. I just I just want the people at home to realize if this is somehow your first episode, <laughs> which is possible. That's true. It's always possible. I agree with I I agree and respect my co-hosts' mm. thought processes and beliefs, mm. even when I have an entirely different opinion. Right. Continuing on with my entirely different opinion, although I suspect this might also be on your list. Maybe. Kristoff get knocked out of this film. Oh my gosh. Poor Kristoff. Oh my word. Oh my gosh. Kristoff, bless his heart, is supposed to be the prince character of these films. Supposed to. And by the prince character, I mean he is the main character's primary love interest. And yes, Anna and Elsa kind of are pro- are dual protagonists in this franchise. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But Anna is our character viewpoint 
she's she's the eyes for the kid for, for us to watch the film yeah is through her eyes that the story is told mm-hmm. so the fact so for all intents and purposes for a, as the disney princess film she mm-hmm. is the princess in question mm-hmm. not saying elsa does not also fit that description but agreed she has a different path than anna does anna okay. is more of the traditional disney princess yeah the old sole exception being at the end of this film she actually is queen yes she's only the second queen in disney princess history who is actually not evil true yet 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 <laughs> you never know how you these never, things are gonna go there is a third one coming out just remember never, that you never know Anna's revenge <laughs> oh my gosh I, I i have theories what they may do with the third one but continue if the third one they, they it becomes tangled versus frozen i'm there for it <laughs> Bring in all that tangled ever after and a tank tank Rapunzel's tangled adventure lore into this. Make it where the sun drop and the moon opal and the Oh uh, shoot. <laughs> and uh and the in these ice powers, they're all connected. I mean Rapunzel it's was a... in the first film <laughs> for a hot second. All right. So what is your your first dislike? I, I it's the fact that Kristoff's knocked out halfway this because bless his heart, he is trying to he is like Flynn Rider throughout or eugene mm-hmm. all throughout tangled uh Rapunzel's tangled adventure he's just trying to propose to anna <laughs> bless his heart oh my and gosh. halfway through this anna goes off with elsa and yeah. olaf to parts unknown as far as he knows and didn't bother to tell him where she was going oh he'll be fine Granted, she is both Anna and Elsa are strong, independent women. Yeah, agreed. They don't necessarily have to tell their men where they're going. Right, but it'd be a nice common but, courtesy. <laughs> but yeah, common courtesy, manners. The person you are who is your boyfriend. Uh huh. Just to be nice, you might want to inform. Hey, I'm going off with my sister out to the middle of nowhere so we can go find a glacier for her to climb through and nearly freeze to death in. And then I'm going to cry when the snowman dies. (laughs) She wouldn't say it that way, but that's what happens. (laughs) Because the thing is, Mm. and this is what gets me. Yeah. He's there. He's trying. They set up like he's going to be there throughout the entire story. Yeah. They meet the North Aldrins. Mm -hmm. We meet... I think it's writer i think his, his name is right that he goes off with yeah who also can speak for reindeer like Sven yeah, which can. is interesting yeah which is interesting and he says i got the perfect way you can propose to her it's the way the north Olders do it and guess what it contains a lot of reindeer so of course he's right on it and they go off there and he doesn't see elsa again till the end of the film yeah he just pops out of nowhere we get one more scene with him which is the one where he's got where, where uh he starts proposing surprise it's the north Olders leader mm-hmm because Anna's gone. That's the setup to where they're gone. It's a funny. It's a funny. It is funny. And then we get that heartbreaking scene where he does uh, Lost in the Woods. Mm -hmm. And then we don't, and then that scene ends. And we do not see hide nor hair. Or hoof. Or hoof of Kristoff and Sven until they're going back to Arendelle. At the end of the film, they don't even show up in the climax at the dam, which they should, because they're right there. 
You're, you're not wrong. They wrote Kristoff into this film for the sole reason we couldn't keep him off of it because then everyone's going to ask, what happened to Kristoff? But instead of having him stay in Arendelle as kind of the ruler in place, I guess that would look too much like Goober from the first one. Yeah, that's true. Maybe that's the thought process here. I don't know. Right. They have him come along only to be cut out of the other half of the film when they're now just focusing on, okay, Anna and Elsa, we got to tell the sister love story again because it's the sister love story again. Yeah. That's the whole point. Right. I get that. That's what. That's kind of what they're going through because mm. uh, familial love is stronger than is stronger than anything else. Right. Is how this thing works. Right. And you got to you got to know to trust your family. And blah 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 blah. Mm. And I'm still sitting there going, you know, I know someone who would like to be family. You left him back at camp. <laughs> and he, bless his heart, is trying to propose. Yeah. And for the fifth time this movie kicks him in his manhood, <laughs> metaphorically. <laughs> I would not I, dispute you at all on that. At all. Poor Christoph. I don't, you almost aren't even in the film. Because he's got what? Maybe 15 lines? His entire story is, I want to propose to Anna. Yeah. He has no no character growth at all. Yeah, that's true. Maybe it's just like, because the only reason he's able to finally propose is he finally gets Anna's attention. Yeah. The, the Lost in the Woods gives you the idea that perhaps his... Uh, what what he learns by the end is that he really is in love with Anna, but the mm -hmm. thing is, we know he's in love with Anna. He knows he's in love with Anna. The only person who doesn't know he's in love with Anna is Anna. <laughs> Elsa is even... Why is Elsa not saying, look, you can come along with me, but go talk to Kristoff first. Once you're done talking to him, then we'll go. Yeah. Because he is going to be family one day and you need to take care of him. He's going to be the next king of Arendelle. Quit leaving him in the background. I mean, not reigning monarch, and I don't sure. exactly know how Arendelle royalty works because I only found out this year mm -hmm. that technically, even though Queen Elizabeth had a husband, he could not be called king because he wasn't the reigning monarch, so maybe Kristoff uh, couldn't be called reigning monarch, but that's the difference between Actual British royalty and fictional Arendelle royalty. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why that even matters because I'm American. <laughs> Anywho. Oh my gosh. Poor Kristoff. What's your second dislike? Again, poor Kristoff. <laughs> poor Kristoff. Oh my gosh. It's it's like they didn't know what to do with this character. No, absolutely nothing. All they knew is, oh, well, he'll propose. Yeah, that's and all. Have, oh, he, we give him a hard time proposing. And you realize, like, halfway through, it's like, well, we've got a song for him, but we don't know what else to do with him. Yeah. Okay, we'll just put the song afterwards, after they've all gone, and there's no way he can catch up because he doesn't know which way they went. Yeah. That's why he's lost in the woods. So, and then we'll bring him back at the end. That's about all we know to do. Yeah. So you have Frozen One we'll where we'll pray nobody notices that we left the prince back at the camp. <laughs> or the soon-to-be prince. Uh, I call him the prince as a trope, and that's not as the yeah. actual. I, I I understand. I understand. Uh, title. Title. Understand. So be like in Frozen One. Frozen One. Be like 
I want to call him Spin, but that's a root. That's, that's a reindeer. reindeer. That's a reindeer. Kristoff. Kristoff <laughs> is I mean, like he's a very fleshed out character. We get to know him very well to who he is, what kind of character he is. And then it's literally they just drop all of that. He goes completely from important character to background character in this movie. Mm -hmm. They do nothing to do with him. It's literally he he becomes a second fiddle to everything going on. And by the by probably the the end of the second act, he's gone. We get a really good song out of him. That's all he does propose the entire time. Yes. He's funny during it, don't get me wrong. Right. But it's literally they didn't know what to like you said, had no idea what they do to this character. They had a song for him, and that's it. <laughs> I was like, it's like why be like if be like just give him something to do rather than just be a trope guy trying to propose to his girlfriend at least while anna else i finally did it while anna yeah, elsa thank you. <laughs> while anna elsa and olaf are off doing their thing give us at least a scene of him helping around the camp yeah don't just leave him there and say oh surely people will remember he's there yeah now i will say I will say, when I watched, we watched this originally, mm -hmm. when I was still trying to, when we were watching, going, okay, what's going on? How are they going to get out of this? How eventually is they going to be saved? Yeah. The fact that Kristoff disappeared yeah. halfway through the film yeah. did not bother me then. Yeah. It only bothered me this time because I'm now watching, you know, how the rest of the I'm looking at the rest of the dish now since I know what the mm -hmm. primary course is. Yeah. I'm looking at the rest of it and going, well, these parts could be prepared better. Yeah. So I will give them this. They were, pro they, they probably just had no idea what to do with these mashed potatoes. Possibly. And it just could have been cooked a little longer. Agreed. Yes. To I'll give an analogy. Mm-hmm. I'll get into that analogy later. Okay. But that was your second dislike? That's my second dislike. What's your third? My second dislike, actually. Okay, your second. I'm only on my second. Okay. My second dislike is... I don't know... Um, let me rephrase. It was there and it's gone. Don't you love that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm do they quite a bit myself personally okay. i know it is though. okay okay so in this movie we are given lore mm -hmm. of Agreed. how magic works right something the first movie didn't give us we just knew she had magical ice powers with no explanation mm -hmm. in this one they have to essentially give us the entire lore about how all this works we find out that there are essentially four spirits mm -hmm. technically fifth because Anna's mm -hmm. the fifth elsa is the fifth elsa is the fifth they're Anna, Anna and Elsa are the fifth. Okay. They're a bridge. I caught that part. Okay. Yeah. They're a bridge. But when you get right down to it, like I said in the title of it, there are the five elements basically are fire, water, wind, and uh, earth, and love. Mm -hmm. By these powers combined. <laughs> no. Captain uh, Elsa. I hope not. Uh, but here's the thing. We meet personifications, or at least uh, physical mm -hmm. versions of all four of those other spirits. Gale is the wind that keeps coming up. Mm -hmm. 
the tight the earth titans are the earth mm-hmm. the salamander is the fire mm-hmm. and the horse is water yes. right did we actually need to meet these characters i think fundamentally for the story when they're when they're using more um north not norse but uh the mythology for the right. story to give more more credence to what's going on in the story i think the okay. introduction of these characters was kind of Introduce, it was introducing it, them yes. yes but i i want to put forth that perhaps while the horse makes sense mm-hmm. because she needs a horse yeah she does need a mount and so yet yeah, bringing her the horse in is the water spirit that then she has to tame because mm-hmm. she's ice mm-hmm. i get i get that uh gale for the most part i think you could just say it's the wind and that no one would make it big of a difference the only real thing gale adds to the story is that she's the one that gets this the uh the letter from anna to elsa at the end of the movie yeah uh and kind of rock titans they're there to destroy the dam basically yeah so yeah that makes sense why they're there what about the fire elemental the salamander who's knockoff pascal he's just a cute literally he is knockoff pascal Uh, yeah he's the you know the quote-unquote the cute character that that all that almost surpassed olaf mind you but here's i guess here's my point those characters are all in there and they're all supposed to be uh physical manifestations of the four magic varieties right yes while that is interesting and it's cool to see they did nothing to make me actually care about what those characters actually were okay like i said uh the salamander he's knockoff pascal except he's not as interesting okay pascal of course from the beginning when we first meet him he's interesting because he's got a great tie-in with Rapunzel. Yeah. Um yes, he's got all these great stuff when you get to the show, but even in the movie by itself, you he's an instantly likable character. Yeah. Here he, he, I don't phrase, he's an instantly 3D character and I don't mean in in terms of animation. Okay. He, from a writing standpoint, he's three-dimensional. He's got entire way of the, But the Salamander really doesn't. He's like he's on fire. Mm-hmm. He likes to cause fire until he meets Anna and Elsa, and then we find out he likes to be wet because mm-hmm. so it, it puts out his fire. Yeah. Okay. Gale is wind. More directional than anything. She kind of directs what's going on. Yeah, but very much she is just the wind. Yeah. The, the only reason we know she's the spirit is because uh, Olaf named her. Yeah. Okay. Water horse. Okay. That's a little bit more. That's that feels like it was written into the story from an early point because mm-hmm. they needed a way for her to get across over to the uh, glacier. Right. The rock Titans, obviously major story influence because the, they, they need her, uh, them to throw the boulders at the dam. So it will break so that the climax of the film will happen. Mm-hmm. And so that Elsa can ride the water horse and freeze the water before it hits Arendelle. Right. It feels like they wrote those two characters and realized we need two more. What have we got? Oh, we've got these old, we got this character model for Pascal from Rapunzel. Let's just modify it and make another character out of it who can cause fire to occur. And we've got particle effects in the in a wind. Mm. Okay. This is going to sound weird, but even the two characters, the two, none of these really feel like they are 
personifications, for lack of a better term. Okay. They don't really feel like characters. Fair. I, 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 I think going. that's mostly what I'm getting at. Okay. When you're going to have, if you if you're going to tell me that all the spirits had to make a decision as to whether or not they were fine with Anna leading Arendelle and pretty much being the leader of the two countries. Yeah. You need to let me know that they are conscience and can think. Mm-hmm. And honestly, one, two are animals. One is a force of nature and the other is a troll. Mm-hmm. Not exactly the things thought of as intelligent. Yeah. And yeah, I'm supposed to think, know that these things are intelligent. I guess it's not, I'm not, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, these feel like they're supposed to be characters, and yet I don't feel like they're characters. I feel like they are plot hooks. Fair. They're plot elements. They don't feel like characters. Mm. Like I said, I know it's weird. It's just like, if you're going to introduce these things as characters, which mm-hmm. they do, yes, I need to be see more character. And when I say I almost feel like they don't need to be in here, I'm not saying that the aspects didn't need to be here. Yes. I'm not saying the magic didn't need to be here. I'm not saying Anna didn't and Elsa didn't need a water horse. Mm. I'm not saying we didn't need rock trolls. I'm saying you tell me those are sp- the spirit, the, the physical manifestations of nature spirits in film three. I don't need to know that here. Mm. You want to bring in the fire lizard? Fine. You can even use a leftover Pascal model if you want. I will not complain much. But do not do this whole. Even do the wind thing. Don't do this whole thing. It's like, yeah, these are characters. These are and they and they are essentially the four gods of this continent, mm-hmm. of this island, or whatever yeah. the this is. I don't know what I don't know what Arendelle is on. Yeah, Arendelle and North Oldra. I don't know what type of landmass they're technically on. If they are essentially the gods, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, of this area, I need to know. Are they just, are, are, I need to know that they're technically three-dimensional characters from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, like I said, they don't really feel three-dimensional. That's mostly what I'm getting at. Okay. What's your third dislike? My third dislike in this film, it it's a rush job. It's a rush job as a story. Uh, but like after watching the film, watching for a second time, and then watching the documentary be like, you can definitely tell now, granted, this is all up for the big CEOs of Disney saying you need to push this movie out as fast as you can, because we want to gain as much profit as we can from the sales of this movie, which makes sense. I'll but, admit, I agree. It'd be like, they, they had a ton of pressure on them to make push this movie out as fast as they can. So you you'd be like, you, you look at it from an aesthetic point of view from the film perspective, from the, Film creators, they were under the tightest deadline probably probably in Disney history to create this movie because they obviously they took time from 2013 or 2012, 2013 to 2019. And they, they only had like, two, they had a two-year window to create this. Maybe, yeah, about a two-year window, like the normal traditional time frame to make a movie. But they were having so many story issues throughout the entire process but like they were getting songs no problem be like they were constantly do rewrites over and over again because you can tell they were having issues writing this movie and so 
the end of this, the uh, the results that you have is a movie that has some story elements that were not fully fleshed out, or they were they weren't as tight as they could have been because they were under such strain to create this film. Mm -hmm. So you have points where it's just like, oh, the oh the we all came to agreement that Arendelle shouldn't be destroyed. So you have this entire buildup, this entire buildup of a story where Arendelle is now under threat, under threat by this these mysterious spirits. Mm -hmm. And so like you go on this journey. And so by the end of it, this entire journey is almost not the same pointless, but there, there's just like, why was there a journey after all? Because obviously they have to go to the forest. They have to find out this, right. stuff, this and this and this, but there are certain like the story needed to be a little more tightened up a little bit. Be like, it's, it's got a good pace. Do not get me wrong. It's got a great mm -hmm. pace to it. But just to me personally, and I think some some critics would agree that the story just needed a little more time to marinate and they had a little more time to work on it. I think this would have been a better film instead of rush, rush, rush. Let's get rid of Kristoff. We have no idea what we're going to do with him. Let's drop him and then he'll come back later. And then you have it's just be like boom, 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 boom. And there, there's really no because all your new characters that we were are supposed to get to know, we really don't know who they are. No, because we, once that's the thing, this is set up like a mystery. Like we've got this mysterious stuff happening. Yeah, we've got to go figure it out. And it's, of course, it's magical, mysterious. It's supposed to feel like it's supposed to kind of feel like the last unicorn in a way. Yeah, agreed. You're not supposed to know what's going on really until the climax of the film yeah it's many ways the problem is the soon as they get into north oldra mm -hmm. and they meet the north oldrans yeah half of the mystery is gone yeah if not three quarters that mystery is gone and so all it comes down to is what actually happened with the dam yeah what actually caused them to attack and it's so week they in that even it gets explained fairly quickly yeah and so then it's just a mystery of why did all that happen oh it's because the story that your father told you which was the story as best as he could tell but your father was missing information has mm -hmm. this was the part it was missing is that the thought is that your grandpa was scared of magic mm -hmm. and what uh that would mean what what the other country having it would mean yeah. for Arendelle. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. And he did something that would cause an issue, not realizing he was stabbing his, he was essentially going to stab himself in the foot because if that dam ever broke, Arendelle would be destroyed. Yeah. Because I'm assuming he was at least aware of where that river went. Yeah, that, you would that, like that, that's, that's, think? That's, that's like a huge plot inconvenience. It's like, why would you put a, a dam that's down river from your own fjord and well intemperance to be like and here's my, another one well, my guess is his intention was not to like blow up the dam the no, dam was meant to stop up the magic so that the north wouldn't have access to it but would essentially make their area more normal i guess the spirits said otherwise and the only way and, and it just so happened mm -hmm. like he wasn't worried about the dam breaking yeah 
which is why he was fine with it being on the river upstream of Arendelle, even though you have to stop and think. This is just me thinking ahead. Yes, agreed. That once the North Aldrins were going to figure it out, like they did, mm-hmm. and they maybe figured it out while you weren't there to, you know, uh-huh. stop them from putting two and two together, they probably had ways to blow up the dam, and guess then what would happen? You'd be underwater. Yeah. Instead, you got lucky that, A, your daughter-in-law is a North Aldrin. Yeah. Who then had two daughters that were the keys to saving it all. Congratulations. You messed yourself up and anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I would, I would, I would say be like, there's a little more plot convenience throughout that entire thing. Cause the, the North Aldrin's realize, Oh, these people betrayed us. Oh, they, they, they slaughtered a bunch of our people. Not to mention the North Aldrin's and the Arendelle force that were trapped up there in the mist. Yeah. They put down arms and started being friendly with each other very quickly. Exactly. Exactly. They've been fighting for what? 40 years? I don't know how long it was. Yeah. I don't I I'm, 13 I know the years. The movie the movie well no cuz they they were they were trapped together in the forest for 13 years I believe. No. No, no, no not uh either way. Multiple either way. Multiple years. Yeah, multiple they years. They're fighting assumingly almost nonstop for you know a number of years to the point where yeah i can see maybe they're tired of fighting and maybe the the common people are starting to see that the fighting is useless but they're still seeing each other as enemies yeah and the weird thing about soldier mentality Mm -hmm. is in a lot of cases you don't stop seeing the enemy as the enemy yes i agree there are stories in our world Mm -hmm. of a man or, uh, of a Japanese soldier mm-hmm. who was still fighting World War II in 19, on an I, on an island in 1960s. It was a lot later than that, I think. 60s or 70s, one of those. I thought it was like in the 80s or 90s. I think they was, finally found him. I think it was like the late 70s. Either way, he yeah. had been out of out of touch with mm-hmm. you know command, obviously, yeah. and did not know that the fighting had stopped. Yeah. So he was protecting that island. Yeah. Or wherever he was the best visibility and it wasn't until you know someone came and says oh hey the war is over japan technically lost but we're that's okay we're on good terms now yeah we both respect each other now so you, you don't have to fight us anymore yeah <laughs> but there's other stories like yeah, that. i mean agreed. just because a peace treaty was signed or just because you're friendly now doesn't mean it's like there's you're not seeing the other side with, at least with suspicion yeah. and they just put their arms down and gladly work together because oh the queen's here how do we know she's the queen she told us yeah yeah there's okay uh, again again like the point i'm trying the the point i'm getting across there's be like the the idea that the north aldrins and these soldiers are just getting along no problem there there's no there's no internal conflict be like oh be like oh we kind of like butt butt heads a little bit we're all friends the whole bit be like we're we're not trying to protect the protect the dam from being uh, busted because the North Aldrin's know that's why the reason the dam was built and designed to do this. But the, uh, there's so many plot problems with this thing. When, when it when it comes to those little things, and when it comes to like, why would you be like understanding? Be like, it's like why would you put it on the same fjord as your kingdom, knowing the the North Aldrin's could break it. 
They could. All with tens of prices, they could because yeah. you betrayed them. They could break your dam and very easily destroy your kingdom. Very easily. But that's just like, oh, we're just friends. Oh, we kind of butt heads a little bit. There's there's no idea that we need to protect the dam from them or something like that. Because it's just like, what? And then it's more like, oh, we have to break the dam because it's it'll it'll it's it'll correct they, the spirits. It's because so much of this is oh, we need this to happen for our plot to make sense. Exactly. It's 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 just and plot convenience. Granted. Granted. Yeah. Yes. It's a musical. Yes. Plot convenience is part of how those things are written in some ways. Agreed. But mm-hmm. this is not a pure musical. This no, is not. still an animated film. You're not held down by the fact that you probably only have five sets like a musical would mm-hmm. you have a lot more to work with you can make you better building here going story on. if you just work at it a little bit granted yeah like you said it needed to bake a little longer in the oven it's mm-hmm. still a little gooey on the inside that's yeah, the problem a bit but other than that i don't i think it's okay yeah i would i would agree this i think I, I think this is a both our third dislike at this point yeah but anyway yeah i would agree the like 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 your great analogy be like this movie didn't get enough time in the oven and uh it's it's still a little gooey be like great it's a good story but it's a little gooey it's it's not fully it's not it's not to it's not finished it's not finished it's not a fully it's not a fully rendered story it, it's still it needed a lot of work and understanding they were under pressure to do this film and be like kudos to what they were able to do with the film but just story-wise execution there's a little bit of sticky here and there that just needed worked on i will say they probably need another two years and they should have had it because there were six years in between the making of the first the end of the first one Mm -hmm. and the when this one came out you had time a while you say they didn't start until two years before yeah two years that's dumb yeah they should have known it's like yeah we need to jump on this because that means they were only halfway through making it when the stupid joke in Ralph Breaks the Internet was was being aired. Yeah. Of, with the Rick Roll. Yeah. Of the Frozen 2 trailer. Yeah. It's like, you should have had that before. Yeah. Granted, I know Anna and Elsa had a speak a speaking lines from that other film, but that doesn't change much from the animation perspective of another film. But anyway. Yeah, it's just like the the the, the story, it's there's certain... It the, you needed more time to cook. Yes, agreed. Completely agreed. So what is your third dislike? That was my third dislike. Uh, I jumped in on yours. Excellent. That's why I kept interrupting. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. That's what we do here. We probably repeated each other to make sure we were understood too many times, but that's what happens. That's what we do here. Anyway, Mm -hmm. we need to rate this thing. Yes. I'm giving it a 7.5. Oh, okay. So I don't remember what I gave the first one. uh, Hold on. What'd you do? Write it down? I did actually write it down. Because you actually went back and listened to these. I did. All right. So initially, like, what did you say you gave it? I'm giving this a 7.5. Okay. Yeah. You actually gave it a 7. The, the first one, actually, a 7.5. Okay. It's probably, I would say, I would say that these are probably like right next to each other. I think Frozen 2 is the better of the two mm. films, but uh, yeah, they're pretty much neck and neck for the most part. Okay. It's probably, there is, I think that baking problem is uh, both films have. The difference is Frozen Two. In Frozen Two, they actually had character. The characters already figured out, and they mm-hmm. just need to make a, a good story. Yeah. The first movie, they 
redid it, it it took him to what two or three tries for the realize oh elsa's not a villain too <laughs> yeah i would agree they both that both films did have issues when it came to the story yeah anyway yeah so initially frozen one way back four years ago on our first episode i gave this movie an eight giving it an eight out of ten uh i am now like looking at this movie like very critically now uh i still enjoy the mess out of this film it does have flaws story-wise and it's just like you look at it, it's just like that's kind of glaring that's really glaring so i'm gonna give it a 7.5 granted like you said we are looking at it under critical eyes because i think you'll agree with me that yeah. there is a difference mm -hmm. between how we view movies for the show mm -hmm. versus viewing them for our own pleasure yeah exactly there are times where we're sitting there watching it and going that doesn't work guys yeah <laughs> you should do doing this better but for the most part it, uh it's like you're watching it for the show it's like okay yeah that didn't work that yeah it doesn't work yeah but you're watching it we're watching it home for our own jokes like <laughs> that's funny yeah oh moving on yeah so be like frozen one be like story wise i believe is better mm -hmm. music wise frozen two is better be like there's little give and take that are parts of these films there again be like it's a five point it's like a half point difference what i view these both films so take it as it is okay you want to introduce this next part sure uh so what we're doing this season is we are because i asked a uh, i asked a friend uh named joy uh i asked her if she she would be able to come on as a, a special guest but unfortunately she wasn't able to because due to work restrictions so i asked her to put together a a uh a small a small um what do you call it uh she called in essentially her a, a personal her review a personal thought her, personal her review, review. Of, the, of the movie yeah personal yeah so we're kind of calling this section call in so for now we're calling you call in yeah so um uh, so yeah i'm gonna go ahead i'm gonna go ahead and play it. uh if you want to be heard in this section mm -hmm. you can either a email us your thoughts at the cellcast podcast mm -hmm. at gmail.com in written form and we will pick the ones we like and read mm -hmm. them yes we do need that like on thursday i will say yeah <laughs> uh or just send us an audio file mm -hmm. of your thoughts. Be aware that if it's long, we may not, we may cut it down. We may edit it. We may not use it at all. If it's too, you know, there are reasons we reserve the right mm -hmm. to make decisions based on show flow. <laughs> Agreed. Get right down to it. But we did go ahead and decide to do this. It's a little, it's about three and a half minutes long. So yeah. And so uh, tell them where they can send this oh, to. You can send all of them to the cellcast podcast at gmail.com. Yes. So I'm going to go ahead and hit play on this and we'll we'll get back we'll see you on the other side. Frozen 2 delivered on all the elements that we can expect from a Disney film with their attention to detail and their animation, their catchy tunes and the music that moves the viewer, good dose of humor and a very engaging story. I found myself tearing up more than once or twice throughout this movie and not just the first time I watched it either. Um, really appreciated getting to learn more about the background of Elsa and Anna's parents and their family, the good and the bad. 
and watching these sisters come together to right the wrongs of their family's past. Um, I was really moved by um, the moment where, and show yourself where the the music shifts and Elsa begins to realize the weight of of the history and realizing that you know what Olaf kept saying before that was just passed off as funny of uh, the water holding memory um, and she's really getting to see that actually come into reality um, and then when Anna realizes that Elsa could be lost and she's having to work through this grieving process, um, having to figure out how to take just the next breath. It really was a good connection to reality for the everyday person that deals with any type of depression or grief. Um, it was a very... It was a it was a film that had a good sense of story and fairy tale to it, but tied to a lot of re relatable things. Where we had Anna, who is very typical, not even typical, just you know, normal person. She drools in her sleep and she stumbles over her words and she is a klutz. She's not put together like uh, Elsa is. She isn't the older sister that's, you know, the queen. And well, even though she does become the queen later on in the end, Elsa's got the big powers and she's very obviously the main character energy um, in the story. But Anna is equally as important and it spoke volumes to me um overall i really enjoyed this film the music that came from it of course is up to par with the standard that we've come to expect from disney um, and it's one that i would definitely will watch many 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 more times just like i did with frozen and I hear that we're getting a third one, and I'm really excited to see what Disney has in store for us next. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Joy Robinson, for sending that in. There again, if you want to be part of our, our um, what did I call it? Collins. Collins. If you want to be part of our Collins um, section, please uh, either send us an email or send us a, uh, an audio message to the cellcast podcast at gmail.com and the next movie we are doing is tron legacy yeah and we are going to have a special guest on that episode that being nate marchand curator of the monster island film vault i mean he was nice enough to have us on recently that is true for uh power rangers the movie speaking of power rangers yes so uh, power trip we are letting him we 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 He's pretty much got an open invitation anytime he wants to come on. This that is the true. one he requested. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he's coming on next week for that. Uh, but before we get too much farther, uh, we need to play some bumpers. Uh, you know, for you know know about uh, the people we work with, mm -hmm. and then we will get into uh, what we've been watching. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box. 
Whether you enjoy geeky reviews, comedy, or original fiction, you can open up the culture box and find something excellent for your soul. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. This week, we suggest checking out the Untold Podcast, which is a speculative fiction podcast using the genres of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror, among others, in order to engage the culture's imagination from a Christian worldview. Every month, Nathan James Norman produces and narrates a new story presented in a unique and dynamic way. Check out The Untold Podcast at theuntoldpodcast.com to listen and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. The Cellcast would like to thank the following patrons. Josh Adams, Ashley Ruiz, Book of Gaming, to get your name on and pauljpowers.com. The show plus uncut episodes, early access to the Cellcast plus reviews and special art from Jacob. Please donate to us on Patreon. Jacob, my friend, I have a question for you, sir. What would that be? What have you been watching? All right. So what have I been watching? So I have continued watching Power Rangers in Space on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, on their official channel. Uh, I think it's Power Rangers Official, I believe. I believe, yeah. Yeah. So going through that, and uh, yeah, Power Rangers is a very silly, corny, uh, corny silly uh, kid show. You make this sound like it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's not. It's not it's not a bad thing. Uh I I've I grew up watching kind of grew up watching Power Rangers. Couldn't wasn't allowed to watch it when I was a kid for some reason. We could watch Ninja Turtles, but no Power Rangers. Strange, right? But uh I was the other way around, but sure. Exactly. Uh so I watched the show, I think when it was airing, I believe back in ninety-eight, I believe. And I just fell in love with the story itself and watching it again. is just like, this is like really intriguing storytelling for a kid show that is about five teenagers and spandex fighting. Uh, it's big- not spandex. <laughs> then what is it? <laughs> I'm just quoting from the power trip. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. I just didn't want to use this high voice like Nathan does. (laughs) Oh, next week's going to be fun. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, like, it's getting into the story, getting into this really good story. Now, granted, if you're hopping just into Power Rangers in space, it's like, who in the world are these kids? Because you know nothing about them because they don't give you anything unless be like, you're on Andros. Go back. Okay. I will say this. If you want a jumping on point, mm-hmm. go to Turbo, a Power Rangers movie, and then go through Turbo. Because about halfway through that, you'll run the, into these characters when they do this power switch off. Yeah. And believe it or not, as, as interesting made as yeah. Turbo is, it's actually not as bad as you remember. Okay. Uh but that really is the best jumping on point as it, Turbo does at least introduce you to the Turbo to the to the classic characters. Yeah. And then it'll give you the introduction to the others. That makes sense. Of course, I'm watching it for other reasons, but continue. Yes, you are. <laughs> I, I was looking at it like obviously you can't see everything, but from behind here, all you see is a stack of like Power Rangers and Super Sentai. <laughs> There's or, 
there are things that are here that I can because because my players are here. Uh-huh. That's just easy. It's like okay, pick it up, put it in. Stronger there you go. than before. <laughs> Wait, that's Zio. That's Zio. <laughs> Mighty engines roar. Turbo charged for more. Go. Power Rangers Turbo. Go. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, or, or it's like I think um, the the power trip says we really want to talk about turbo. We don't talk about <laughs> turbo, turbo. No, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but either or, be like, I'm really enjoying it's power. Turbo's in- not as bad as some other show. <laughs> I'm really enjoying Power Rangers in space. Definitely when it goes down to the the great mystery of like who Andros's Andros 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 and Andros Andros's uh. Uh, lost sister is it's very obvious who it is but i'm loving the story how they're unfolding it throughout the episodes and uh i find that really intriguing they're going to be like having seen the series when it first came out watching it again it's like wow that is really good storytelling where they're dropping little hints here and there here and there and it's just like this is really good storytelling i really enjoy it and uh yeah i think i'm in episode 14 14 15 i think I, I'd be like, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm really enjoying it. So that's what I've been watching. What about you, Drew? Well, I kind of already said it. <laughs> well, what be like, what I am it? watching Power Rangers Turbo. Yeah. And at the same time, I am watching Gekiso Sentai Karenja. Yeah. In other words, I'm watching both versions of the same show. Yeah. And Boy, is that interesting. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's because I'm older now and perhaps more forgiving of mm. some of the media I watch. Mm. But uh, while Turbo is not great, mm. I've seen worse. Ah. I mean, we're not dealing with Titanic, the legend goes on. Mm-hmm. Or oh Food Fight. Or another show movie we won't talk about. We don't talk about Leo. Whoa, 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 it's, whoa. It's, it's not the greatest thing, I'll admit, but it's still it's like, right. eh, it's okay. They're trying. There's some weird parts of it, but it's like, I, I think I, something I've noticed Okay, since we started doing the show. Yes. And I've been, gone back and watched things that maybe I may not have watched before. Mm-hmm. I'm a lot more forgiving now. That's something. Fair. fair. I don't know what it is. It's just. I think it's a lot of it is because I do like watching goofy stuff, like the stuff you'd see on like Mystery Science Theater 3000 or Riff Tracks. Mm. Since I do kind of like that sort of stuff, I mean, it's got to be exceptionally garbage before mm. I hate it. So, since this isn't Megaforce, I actually kind of like it. <laughs> but uh, yeah. other than that, uh, I've watched a little bit, of course, of Mobile Fighter G Gundam. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been watching through the commentaries for Dragon Ball Z Abridged. <laughs> and as those of you who tuned in last Monday know, uh, I I am actually playing back through mm-hmm. on stream The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Now, I know what you're saying, because I've been bringing up Breath of the Wild a little bit off and on over the course of the past couple weeks. Yes. Last week, last Sunday, mm-hmm. I took my switch over to our friend Chase's house to oh. show him the game. Oh. And in my infinite wisdom, I decided, hey, let's see how he likes the beginning of the game. Mm. 
Because, you know, that's supposed to introduce you to stuff. It's a very organic way to introduce a person to the game. It's right. what it's designed for. So I started a new game for him. Hmm. You know what I didn't think about? What's that? The game autosaves. Oh, no. When you oh. hit new game, it starts a new autosave and erases your previous autosaves. Snap. Yeah. It, now, that's all on me. That yeah. is not Chase's fault. I right. do not blame him. That is me not thinking mm. that the way Nintendo assumed multiple people could play on the same Switch, uh, the same game, was that you'd be playing on different profiles. Right. I don't have a second profile on my Switch because I'm the only person who plays it. Mm. So when I started a new game on that thing, it just decided you're starting over. Now, the bad part was, uh -huh. I had 70 shrines finished, uh, all four guardian beasts finished. I had gotten the master sword. <laughs> I had been working through so many side quests. I was working on the DLC side quests, some of which are very hard. Yes. And now I get to start over. But i that's why I took the advantage of... Start since I was going to need to want to start the game over anyway because I want to finish the game before Tears of the Kingdom comes out in May, mm -hmm. which I may have to rush through some stuff now, but that's fine. I thought that would be a cool thing to stream and people would enjoy it and I could you know have fun. So that's what I did last Monday. Got it. Uh, other than that, only other things we watched uh, while I was over there at Chase's, we watched some Gundam. Build fighters. Oh, interesting. Yes. And uh, as you know, a friend of ours is back in town. Yes. He was over there that night. Yes. And right before he left, we were talking about a certain television show that I can no longer play the intro to because I've already taken it off the soundboard. Oh, okay. Because come to find out. He hadn't seen it. He'd never seen... He'd never seen the original Trigun. Oh. So he said, before you leave, you were watching one episode. Mm -hmm. The first episode. Yes. Classic episode. Yes. Class, uh, great beginning of, a, of any show. Yes, agreed. And he's like, why were we watching this the whole time? I, Because I wanted to watch Gundam Build Fighters. <laughs> Oh my so God. we may be going through that over the next course of the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I don't know about this Sunday because I, I forgot that the, uh, the, the uh, event of the year where thousands of Americans watch a bunch of, of men in, in, uh, <laughs> in, in uh, shoulder pads run up and down a cow pasture shaping a misshapen ball was happening, happening this weekend. It's called the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's called the most rigged game in history. <laughs> To some extent, yes. To some extent, I'm just saying. You know awesome. how you know how technically wrestling is fake. Yeah, I'd say at least they have the guts to admit it. I'm sorry. In more recent years, I would agree with you. In I'm, some cases, I am yes. sorry. I, I some of it is kind of rigged. You know, you know my thoughts on football. I don't care. Right. <laughs> I have. It's not a game I can watch and understand what's going on. Yes. To me, the only time anything interesting happens is when they 
was is when that misshapen ball goes through the goal or when someone makes a long run that i get into yeah i understand that that year that i we watched the game and nobody scored until the fourth quarter oh that's so that was such a good game oh my gosh yeah you say that Mm -hmm. oh yeah guess who was bored the whole time that was deep it's the entire time that was boring the entire time (laughs) Okay, from a guy who played ball in high from school, a guy that was who, awesome. From a guy who didn't, it's like, will you just make a goal? <laughs> I'm about to fall asleep. Fair. Totally fair. Totally fair. You want to have a technical game? You do it during the playoffs. You want to have a game people want to watch? That's what you do in the Super Bowl. <laughs> somebody needs to pummel somebody else. All I'm saying <laughs> At the same time, I you you know I just don't care. Yeah, about the Super Bowl. It's there. Understand? It's understand? I'm I'm there more for the commercials in most cases, and Fair. the commercials the last couple years have been pretty bad. Yeah, agreed. And by the last couple years, I'm talking about since 2017. Mm. Even before COVID, they were bad. Yeah, I understand the ones post COVID why they were bad because COVID killed everything. Agreed. But I don't know what we're doing this Sunday. Oh. Anyway. That's what we've been watching. Oh, okay. Uh, Jacob, what do we got in the news? The Cellcast News with your host, Jacob Heron. Why, thank you, Dilett. Uh, okay, so this one article I found, I literally found it in two sections. So I'm getting half my information from uh, bbc.com, mm-hmm. and the other half I'm getting from animatedmagazine.com. So Disney Chief Executive Bob Iger has announced sequels for Toy Story. That's five Toy Stories right now. Where could they go after Toy Story 4? Yeah, that's just like... Woody's not even with the team anymore. Yeah. I guess it's Buzz all the way, I guess. Either or. The way that uh, Tim Allen uh, tweeted the other day Mm -hmm. made it sound like somehow Woody's going to be back. I wouldn't be surprised I bring Woody back. I wouldn't be surprised, but either or. I'm just saying let Toy Story rest, guys. Yeah, agreed. We're done. Yeah. You try you don't you nearly killed it with Buzz Lightyear. Let's let it be done. Yeah. Uh or Lightyear, not Buzz yeah, Lightyear. Yeah, Lightyear. Uh the they announced Frozen 3 is coming out, which I said earlier. Um uh, and Zootopia 2 apparently is in production. Uh he as he detailed plans uh to turn around its streaming business. The announcement of job cuts announced around 3.6%. That's about 7,000 jobs of Disney's workforce around the world and are part of a plan to save $5.5 billion to make its Disney Plus um, uh, streaming service profitable. As Mr. Iger said, did say, did make, uh, didn't make these decisions lightly. Uh, despite fans' excitement about the anticipated sequels, there is also a summing news as Iger outlines the company's uh, 
uh, reconstructing properties of be like they're trying to save five, like I said before, five point five billion dollars in cost savings, uh, which is going to uh, be cutting three billion from non-sports content, three point three billion dollars from operating costs, echoing the three point five billion dollar uh, in cut uh, promised by. Warner, uh, Warner Bros. Discover CEO uh, that led to the um, HBO Max animation purge last summer. Um, they're also dealing, they're cutting 50% of marketing, 30% of labor, 30, uh, 20% in technology and other expenditures. The first billion in trending is upward. With the goal of completing these actions by 2024, the company expects to lay off again 17,000 in staff. And that is from animated animatedmagazine.com. So that was the big one. That was the big one that uh, Bob Iger is mm-hmm. doing a lot of restructuring because apparently disney plus is not making the money they thought it was so they're having to restructure everything so we don't know what Iger is going to do we know from the from what we have read what the information we're giving there's gonna be a lot of cuts uh and we don't know if how how much is that's going to affect the parks how much is going to affect uh you know theater go out, outcome because they're trying to make a profit out of disney yeah. plus and uh, I know, be like you've had a lot of stream like streaming services now that are like cutting down on borrowing passwords and the whole bit, which I understand they're doing that. Understand why? Uh, but it's just it's interesting what the future is going to be for Disney from here on out with these cuts and mm-hmm. see. Be like, are they going to follow suit with what they did? What? Um, uh, HBO Max did with uh, Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, only time will tell. Only time will tell. Maybe they're not going to just gut their streaming service to down just to like certain little things where they can cut costs. But it's going to be interesting. I know if they, if someone dares to say, oh, we're going to cut Disney Studio movie TV shows, people are going to lose their wigs. <laughs> I'm just saying if, if if they wind up doing that, the, 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 uh, the, the, the Marvel fans will lose their minds. I don't know. I think some of the Marvel fans are starting to think maybe we're doing, they're doing too much. I I agree with you there, but that's here or there. We don't know what's going to really happen, but, uh, just stay tuned for that information. I guarantee with throughout the course of the year, we'll figure out the will more information will be revealed. And so just stay tuned for that. So that's all I have for news. So you did not see the thing I saw. No. What did you see? Remember how I mentioned earlier about plays? Yes. What if I were to tell you that there's a movie we reviewed hmm. that there is a theatrical, that is there's a theatrical version of that fav, well, G kids themselves are getting the rights to put in theaters. Probably through Fathom events, though that's not been said yet. Okay. What is this? Skirted away. Really? Yeah. 
They're making. Oh yeah, I remember saw something of that Spirited Away. They were making a play. There is a Spirited Away play. I'm mm-hmm. sure it was written a long time ago. Uh, I'll say a long time ago, at least within the last 10, 15 years. Uh, that is being performed and recorded in Japan, hmm. and it's going to be put on theater screens. Or, okay, I, I may not saw Thor's theater screens. Hmm. I'll admit that I, I am doing a lot of hoping and wishing. Yeah, but at the very least, G Kids will have it to where they can sell it probably through Shout Factory. Yeah. So the hope is that we'll get to see it. I don't know. Mm. I'd like to see it in a theater. Ah. Previously on X Men. Sulky, over funky, kinda hulky superhero. Hot to twisted and electrically transistored superhero. An exotically neurotic and aquatic superhero. The Marvel superheroes have arrived. His amazing friends, Iceman and Firestar. First episode of the evening, and that okay. First episode of the evening is the Cure, not the band. No, not the band. It's directed by Larry Houston and written by Mark Edwards Edens. In this episode, Rogue seeks a scientist who claims to be able to cure any mutant of their powers, but is he for real? Guest cast for this includes Lawrence Bain as Cable, aka Nathan Dayspring Summers. Lally Cadow as Dr. Moira McTaggart, Randall Carpenter as Mystique, a.k.a. Raven Darkholm, Stephen Wamet as Angel, a.k.a. Warren Worthington III, John Colicos as Apocalypse, a.k.a. In Saba Nur, uh, Rod Coneybear as Avalanche, a.k.a. Dominic Petros, Graham Haley as Pyro, a.k.a. St. John Allardyce, and Mark Moorhead as Cody Madison Robbins. I don't remember who that was. Hmm. But anyway, uh, trivia for this one. When Rogue is sitting on the airplane's wing on her way to Moor Island, a man spots her, panics, and flags down a stewardess. In turn, she laughs and walks away in disbelief. This is a reference to the Twilight Zone episode Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, which originally starred William Shatner and later starred, uh, what is his name? Um, I can't help you there. I know. He was uh, the main guy on uh, 
uh, on a third rock from the sun. Oh, comedian, uh, John Lithgow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. John Lithgow played him in the movie, played that character in the movie. Okay. And then they both played against each other in an episode of third rock from the sun. Interesting. Both wondering why is it every time they're on a plane, they always see something out on the wing. That's hilariously meta. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, anyway, uh, first appearance of apocalypse in this, uh, angel, Maura McTaggart, Pyro, Avalanche, and Mystique, uh, where they actually have full appearances. Yes. Because they did previously appear in Slave Island. They did. Which was weird. Especially <laughs> since Cable should have recognized her. Yeah. The wild man from Borneo. Uh, yeah. And then he quickly turns it to be like, I'm from the future kind of thing. It's like, yeah. Make up your mind, Cable. Where are you from? When that happens, anyway. Yes. Uh, A background character on the airplane is similar in appearance to the man who is removed from the courtroom during Beast's bail hearing just before Sabretooth attacks in Intermagneto. Oh, okay. I am Magneto, master of magnet. (laughs) In this episode, Dr. Adler resembles, resembles Albert Einstein and speaks with a German accent. <laughs> no. What are, you, what are your thoughts on this episode? Uh, I enjoyed it because uh, we're getting into more and more deeper stories. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy that. Now, granted, by the by the end of this one, they're still going back and working on stuff. But either or, uh, I'm, uh, actually, yesterday I was watching this and I just kind of binged through this one and the next one into the th- into the um i want to say doing next week the ones we're doing next week uh days of future past and i was just like i remember these i'm just like i don't think this is the comic though but nuance um, well i mean there are differences yes. like uh well i'll get into that more in the next one yes because they act they do use a the one of those characters but at the time he was already introduced because he's in because uh well it's Angel. Yeah. He was introduced in like X-Men number one. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> As part of the original yes. X-Men team. But yes, they hadn't used him until this episode. True. So. True. So like I enjoyed it. Uh I enjoyed it. There again, oh my gosh, they, they have to go in and use is it this one or the next one? I can't remember what's because they both blend together because they're the, the this right one ends before the horseman. Oh, okay 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 it's the second it's the next episode okay yeah. um I, if i if remember, remember correctly that scene comes up again it's like how many how many times can we reinforce this one character's claustrophobia no comment <laughs> but uh at least we didn't have another scene from her childhood where she was another skin a third skin color <laughs> either or oh my gosh but this was enjoyable because they're gonna it's a rogue story yeah it's a rogue story it's rogue it's, about, it's our first real rogue yeah story exactly so far. we do actually get to see the is it this one where you get to see her boyfriend yeah back, bobby where she, where she discovered her powers i think so it's either this one or the, the next or one the next one yeah like, like you said these two blend together because they are one right after the other yeah it's it's just one uh, story but yeah we do get that and of course you do always have i this is what a lot of people, I think, forget. Mm-hmm. Or at least, for one thing, Storm needs to, to 
realize that she lucked out when it came to mutant powers because she got the ability to control the weather. Yes. Rogue, on the other hand, can never touch another human being without killing, worrying about killing them ever mm -hmm. again. Exactly. If there's anyone on the X-Men team who understandably would love to find a cure for her uh, mutant abilities or a way her. to lessen them, it's her. Oh, and, pos and possibly Cyclops. That is but true. The he has a way to work around that where it doesn't feel bad or it doesn't his his visor doesn't mess with him like Rogue's gloves mess with her. Okay, so here's a point that I, I thought was very interesting. So you have Warren Worthington Worthing Worthington the third, who is Angel, one of the who, original X Men in the comics. Yes. So you have him where he is be like he has his be like he breaks these wings out of his back. Which can be surprising that hurt a lot. Um, Considering he couldn't do that in the comics. No. And the reason he was missed, the, the reason later on when we get to the next episode, an Archangel has metal wings mm -hmm. is because in the comics, they get cut his off. metal wings were cut off. <laughs> and he couldn't fly anymore. And so that's why he went this wait, wait, that's why he went this direction. And that's why he became Archangel in the first place. So he became a but, cyborg. <laughs> My, cyborg mutant he's got, he's got cyber wings uh, so, so sorry we crack ourselves up this is pretty bad but either or the the fact that warren Worthington the second is third. third okay he's the third he's the third he's the third i don't know why they chose to make him the third other than warren worthington jr sounds bad it sounds weird but uh he, I mean, like he is so insistent. Be like, oh, you don't know what it's like because he's got these big, beautiful wings that somehow he contract back into his own it's like, back. It's like, dude, once what? again, you lucked out. Yeah, you've Unless got wings. Those wings hurt when you bring them out. Yeah, calm the flip down. Yeah, you. It's like I, I want to be a normal human being. I've got beautiful wings on my back. I can fly. <laughs> Yes. It's not, oh my gosh, I touched them, I might kill them. Yeah. Or I've got pointy things come out of my hands, and I might slice somebody up like a piñata. Well, we haven't got to that, but you know as well as I do that those claws are not his power. No, they're not. Though that bit where they're rebuilding the, uh, the <laughs> X-Mansion at the beginning. <laughs> right. And he's, like, spreading the, oh, yeah. the, the, uh, Sing -sing the mortar with, with his claws. claws. I was like. That's right. I forgot that scene. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Right, he's trying to piss off every single member of the team. It's like, Wolverine, I know you are a handful under normal circumstances. You mean a chic, clawful? Down. We're trying to rile everybody up. Either or. I like, I, I love it that we get this very deep emotional story with Rogue. And it's, of course, it's Gambit. He's trying to, you know, be suave, cage himself. And uh, and you get the 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 whole, be like, they go to, uh, it's not Mere Island, is it? Well, more, I, I don't know exactly more how to pronounce Island. it because it's Scottish. Yeah. But I think it's like Mer Island. Yeah, Mer Island, Island, Mere Island, however you pronounce it. You could call it McTaggart Island for all that matters. Yeah. And so it's like, it's this interesting intrigue of what's really going on. And then it's like, oh, yeah, it's Apocalypse. And it's like, oh, okay, here we go. Of course, I'm, I'm sitting there going, Mystique works for Apocalypse? Yeah. Since when? Oh, well, it's a story. It's early on. Yeah. And Nito's apparently no longer an enemy anymore. 
That is actually hysterical. That's hysterical. It's like he's only an actual enemy in two episodes. So that's it. Near the beginning. Yes. And yeah, I'm going, but Magneto is the enemy of the X-Men because that's what it looks like in the opening sequence of the show. Uh-huh. Either. I, yeah. I am curious if that particular bit of trivia actually is correct. Because mm. some of that trivia we I was getting at the time, I question. Yeah. So like it's a good story. It's a good rogue story. And Rogue kind of comes to the acceptance and be like, it's like, hey, it, there's nothing wrong with me being a mutant. Yes. Be like, I, I may have to struggle through life, but it's is what it is. And be like, if we do more like a Christian parallel, it's the idea of like sometimes be like, we have this, like God gives us these amazing gifts as in spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're just sitting there and be like, I don't like my gift. I don't understand my gift. And sometimes it's it's kind of like on scripture, be like, be like, be like sometimes you want to be an eye, but you're a foot, and be like the way the how the the body of Christ works. And I know some people are like, "Well, that's what it really means." Well, this is the way I view it from a Christian standpoint. So, you know, like each of us have our own thing that we're supposed to be able to do. Yeah, exactly. Talents. Yeah, talents and gifts and that kind of stuff. So, I be like in in that way, it's under it's coming to acceptance that. Mm-hmm. God created you for a certain task in life or a certain be like your, your, your mission in life is to do this. You are not to be the preacher. You are to be the, the, the hand and foot that right. helps. But uh, so it, it's rogue coming to acceptance of her mutant powers. And then it's uh, then war, Warren, Warren, Warrington, the third, just call him Warren, Warren, our angel. So Angel comes in complaining next, about his wings. Next episode, you can call him something else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he so he comes in whining about his wings. Be like, I just want to become normal. I don't care. Be like, I paid for all of this. Let's do it. And then it's like, oh crap, I got myself in the trouble. <laughs> yeah. They're like, I'm into the inevitable or whatever. It's like it's a good episode. And then you go into this the next episode. Let's hit that one right quick. Yes. Come the apocalypse. Great episode for yes, when, agreed. When nearly, well, it's a great name for an episode when there's still at least three more episodes left in your series at the very least. Yes. But anyway, directed once again by Larry Houston and written by Michael Edens. Yes. An ancient and immensely powerful mutant named Apocalypse plots to destroy the world to bring, and I am quoting here from where I got this, bring in a newer, more world. I think I had a problem with the synopsis people on IMDb. <laughs> I'm just going to say with a newer world, a newer world. And he's 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 not he's not acted or voiced by Oscar Isaacs. No. Guest cast includes Lawrence Bain as Cable slash Nathan Dayspring Summers, <laughs> who literally shot at his parents this week. <laughs> That's right, he did. Well, not technically. <laughs> technically, only yeah, that's his true. father. Only his father. His mother yes. is the clone oh, of Jean Grey. Grey. Yes. Because comics. <laughs> Judy Marshak plays Pestilence and Plague. Lally Cadow is Dr. Moira McTaggart. Mm-hmm. James Millington plays War. Randall Carpenter plays Mystique. Stephen Omet is Angel. Uh, aka archangel aka death <laughs> aka warren worthington the third john colicos is apocalypse aka in sabaner and Catherine gallant 
plays Famine, a.k.a. Autumn Rolfson. Hmm. In this episode, or the trivia for this episode, the four, the four Horsemen members are the same members and the same look as seen when they were debuted in X-Force number 15 in 1987. Interesting. Hmm. The only difference is that Archangel was a part of the X-Men team before this happened. Yeah. Here, it just looks like he's a rich prick. Yeah. <laughs> who, who likes to throw money at experiments. Yes. To make me more normal so I don't have to walk around with these big, beautiful wings. wings that I can somehow retract back into my back. Well, you know, when you're rich and powerful, you kind of want to always look good. I don't know. I guess I, I would like to use the quote of be like, go cry yourself a river. Pull Julius Caesar, build yourself a bridge, and get over it. <laughs> or just do follow the suggestions of our of uh, a woman from our from the movie we just reviewed. Let it go. Let it go. Anyway, but yeah, Cable shot at his father this week. <laughs> I'm sitting there watching that and going, "Do you realize Nathan, that you're Nathan, shooting it, Nathan? You." Do understand that you almost shot your father. They're like, and you killed him, then you're dead. And <laughs> as as far as I can tell, right this second, you haven't been conceived yet, as far as we can tell. Yeah. You may want to be more careful where you fire your fancy super gun. Super future gun. Just or, maybe. Or, or, to, or to quote uh, Doc Brown, erased from existence. Yes. You don't want to... Can you imagine... If he had shot Cyclops and all of a sudden Cable's hand just starts disappearing. <laughs> it's like, what have I done? It's like, wait, hold on. Dad? Oh, crap. Wait, wait who, who, you, you, you with the uh, the red, the, the yellow visor with the red lens. Uh, what, what did you say your name was? Uh, Cyclops? No, I don't mean that one. I mean your real name. Scott? <laughs> Scott, what? Summers? Oh, crap. <laughs> like, he didn't... I was like, well, there again, I know they changed his character or later on in the series. I right, know that. at this point. But it's he's just like, what the heck? He's walking around with an X-Men uniform, my, my question, and he's just a bounty hunter. My question right now is, Grant, I don't know the comics from this era at yeah. all. Yeah. Outside of what I have read. When was it revealed that Cable was the son of cyclops i don't remember from the future because if this is the only I, i'm saying this in such a way where it's like maybe knowing that this is the era of rob liefeld true i'm not saying that to bash on rob liefeld mm -hmm. i'm saying that because this is a problem in this era that he was definitely in and cable is a rob liefeld character yes it very well could have been that they introduced the character because he looked 90s and extreme and then wrote Days. backstory later. Yeah, ag agreed. And so, yeah, he shot at Cyclops, no. but he may not have known Cyclops was his father yet. <laughs> There's a chance that this show could go all the way to the end and he'd never know who his father was because the comics would not have revealed it yet. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah. anyway, yeah. Uh, other things in this, uh, we get Apocalypse, a major X Men villain. Yes, 
who's trying to bring about the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, because that's his name. So, so he brings forth four deadly horsemen, one of which being Horse Archangel, mm-hmm. and then three nobodies. We don't ever get to find. We don't. We we only know their names because they happen to look like the same characters and have the same powers as the characters mm-hmm. in the books. Because who really cares about these people who talk like this? I am war, and you shall know the horrors of war, despite the fact you're a military. So you kind of should already know these. Mm. And I felt really sorry for the girl who who ended up being pestilence. <laughs> Trying to get that flower to grow, and she just looks at it and it dies. It's like, that is sad. Uh-huh. Anyway. Yeah. Like the the this story is such a straightforward story. It is this, this, in so this good. episode. And it's 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 continuation of the rogue story from the last episode. Right. And it it's so well done. There but, there's there's actually a meme out there that uses a a certain scene in this sh- in the shot. I'm not going to explain what it is because it's just like okay, that's the world being the world, but it's like that's weird. I mean like it's a cool shot, but people apply way too much into it but either way that's the other weird weird little event in this is that rogue meets mystique in her mother her yeah her mother or was it is adopted mother or mother adopted mother adopted mother the only child we know for certain she had the fantastical nightcrawler and he hasn't been introduced yet yes so it's like at first i had a little bit of a it's like Wait, does Rogue not know Mystique is her mother, or adopted mother anyway? I go, of course she doesn't know. She probably never saw her in her base form, just in the form of the woman who adopted her. Mm-hmm. So of course she doesn't know. But it's like Mystique, you want to know who your daughter is? Mm-hmm. Why are? Well, anyway, yeah, Mystique would know, but they didn't write that in yet. Mystique should know, but I'm sitting there. Yeah, I, I agree. I really going, oh, that's interesting. Mystique's meeting her mom. Nobody knows she's her mom. <laughs> yeah. Or the like going back to the last episode where it's uh Slave Island where Mystique was on the island yes. with a slave collar and Rogue was Rogue on that episode in the, yes. On the yes. The Rogue saw her there and you don't recognize the woman you just escaped they, prison she with. She walked past each other <laughs> multiple times. Of course I'm still sitting there going, why would you want Mystique? building your dam she can't she doesn't get strength when she transforms into a big person no she, she, just, she just morphs into another person right so it's like it's not like she could her, her powers wouldn't help she should be working in the secret the the slave secretarial pool oh jeez <laughs> let's not get into that yeah, let's can of worms that. that will be we, I, we I will just, get slaughtered for days we're already past that episode anyway yes um like I said, this is a very straightforward episode because it's like uh, the four the the four humans get assimilated into the apocalypse collective, uh, like you do, yeah, and uh, uh, then they start attacking everywhere, and of course the X Men react mm-hmm. and they put a stop to them. And Rogue is the hero in this because she's able to actually. I'm not kidding here suck the evil out of archangel that was like what and now she will have to live with it it's, and i don't think what? it's it's never brought up again far as i remember how do you suck the evil, evil out of she, she absorbs you their, may have 
your your stuff your, your powers may have somehow broke his programming but sucked the evil out but of he him didn't suck the evil out of him no that's not how our that's not how our power works this is not how any of this works exactly <laughs> hey <laughs> the the first part of this episode was great no yeah the second part was like what it feels like we got to rush this because next episode is Days of Future Past. It's a major comic storyline. Bishop is showing up. Hurry. We got to get rid of Ma- we got to get rid of Cable. <laughs> we can't have two time travelers in one episode. This is our time travel is confusing enough as it is. The whole timey wimey thing. Yes. Wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. This is like I said, this is a straightforward episode. It's, Agreed. There's a couple of interesting little plot points, but it's like, eh, it happens it's not a bad episode true it's just nothing really the the interesting things are rogue meets her mother without realizing it's her mother Mm. and rogue's able to take down archangel archangel by suck by by uh touching him which made sense that's a good use of her power in this instance she didn't suck enough of it out that it caused him harm it just kind of broke him from his programming. So and broke her. Yeah. In fact, her she literally started turning blue, which was yeah. weird. But yeah, it's it is what it is. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's it's a second part. Be like again, first part is excellent. Mm-hmm. This part is like, okay, we gotta finish this wrap. We gotta wrap this up. Yeah. Cause we're still in the we must finish these in a cup in, in one or two episodes mm-hmm. because it's the nineties. Mm-hmm. And multi-part episodes are just strange in this time period. Mm-hmm. Even though X-Men's going to do this a lot. A lot. I mean, later on, we're going to get five-part episodes. Phoenix Saga. Among others. Yeah, among others. Agreed. But anyway. Yeah. You have anything else before no. we next? Like I said, next week, the TAS we're going to be covering is Days of Future Past, part one and two. two. So join us for that with, of course, Nate Marchand is going to be here. Probably Jimmy also. Ah, so. Oh, that's going to be fun. (laughs) Jimmy is going to be here. No, you you, you do have to be here to record, but you don't have to put up with them. That's true. What do you mean you got a restraining order? Well, at least it's a it's only fifty feet. We'll just keep him over there by the by the uh, other TV, and you can just hang out back here. I'll be close enough. <laughs> yes, you can. You are allowed to tell him to shut up if he tries to uh, t- uh, make out with you. Uh, t- t- make sexual, a move. <laughs> make the move on you. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Anyway, uh, he really wasn't in that weird a mood when we saw him no so maybe he's calmed down i don't know maybe anyway join us next week for that you got anything else before we get out of here oh my gosh let's get that sneak out of here all right Uh, in the meantime this has been drew this is jacob and we'll catch you in the next frame you can follow jacob on his facebook at jacob b heron his facebook page jacob's daily art corner where he tries to draw each and every day his instagram at jacob b heron his Twitter at Jacob Heron, and his letterbox to Jacob Heron. You can find Drew on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. His Facebook page Drew's photo bin to see his photography. His letterbox page at G George 759. 
his Twitter at gdorge759, and Instagram at drewdodgen. You can like us on Facebook at the Cellcast Podcast, on Twitch at the Cellcast Gaming, on YouTube at Cellcast, on Twitter at cast underscore cell. The Cellcast can be found at Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else fine podcasts are downloaded from. Please rate and review us where you found us, and also on Podchaser. Email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. The Cellcast is a proud member of both the Pop Americana and Culture Box Media Networks. For more information, please see the link in the description. Our theme song is Drop and Roll by Silent Partner. And remember, that's Cell, with a single L.